bit they want to open with? Oh. Hold the phone. Um. Hold the phone. We've got a new episode of Hey, Watch Great Watch. Hey, man, let me tell you something, guy. Hey, Watch Great Watch. It's a podcast. It's about movies that are good or bad or maybe both or maybe neither. And okay, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. There's a lot of movie podcasts. But also, now there's another one. If you didn't get it off the, if you didn't get it my spot on Beetlejuice, <laughs> yeah. But he's definitely doing low key Beetlejuice, like that voice. It's, yeah, it's like auditions for Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah. So nice yeah. fucking model. <laughs> like it's just that. It's that the whole time. The other thing was like occasionally. Come on, Chuck. Uh, like <laughs> he reminded me of Owen Wilson in bits, just like that level of like airheaded and talking a lot. I can see I that. It's like a different Keaton, energy, though. It is. It is. Because Keaton ends up being a bit more uh, manic and menacing, I guess, sometimes. I think that's just his, yeah, Less, that's yeah. his vibe. It's, He's not menacing as, like, a... No. Yeah. And it's, it's not menacing here. He actually, you know... It's pretty harmless. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, this whole movie, I was playing a game in my head, which was, is Michael Keaton, as an actor, really good at pretending to be on coke? Or is Michael Keaton on a lot of coke in this movie? And it's a fair question to ask, because we're talking about 1982. <laughs> yeah, 1982. The, the film is Night Shift. You probably haven't heard of it. <laughs> I know, I hadn't heard of it until Bill suggested it to me. I was like, never heard of it. And you were like, no, it has uh, Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton. I was like, sold. What? <laughs> How come I don't know this movie? So, so the backstory would be that this um, film is my pops, like his favorite. Oh, wait, wait, we should probably... Hello, excellent humans. <laughs> Do some sort of introduction. Welcome to yet another episode of Hate Watch, Great Watch. I'm Hunter, your co-host. I'll here with... Allison, your other co-host. And our guest today... Bill. Billy Blaze. Billy Blaze. Uh. Nah, not nearly as cool or coked up. <laughs> yeah, no, really. Uh. You've managed to sit still the whole time we watch that movie uh. <laughs> without talking us into prostitution. Yeah. <laughs> so Which the, was rare for you. It was. <laughs> yeah, it's usually, usually your go-to. Yeah. So the, the backstory behind watching this movie was it is my pop's favorite movie. He always told me about it, told me the jokes. It sounded like a great comedy. I watched it with him one time, and my first words when it was over was, this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt bad just to trash like his favorite movie. He's been talking up for years to me, and it's just like, finally we get to sit down and watch it. And I just, like, I turned him, looked at the eyes, and was like, this was a fucking waste of time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had to apologize the next time. I'm like, dude, that was pretty brutal, but... You know what? If we learned ev- anything from Hate Watch, Great Watch, it's that not everybody likes everything yeah, that other so people I ca- like. So I came into the second viewing uh, as, like, when I first saw Anchorman, I thought it was a terrible movie, surprisingly. I was just like, this movie fucking sucked. And I saw it a second time, like, this is a gem. So I was hoping the it same would grow movie, on you. This, this movie would grow on me, and uh, after the second viewing, uh, as I, I can safely say, I don't ever have to watch this again. Yeah. <laughs> and we could talk about it and go it will. At, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean you shouldn't see it at least once. You know, like, you should, it's worth the experience of seeing the movie because it's unique and it's... It is. He, I mean, it's Henry Winkler in there's a, a lot role. of... There's a lot in here that's good. Yeah. Also, yeah, it's, it's surprisingly, like... 
historic in a certain way because yeah, it was early in a lot of people's yeah, careers. Yeah, a lot of people's like early work. Yeah, yeah. Fairly, I mean, it's got a great pedigree. We can go into it more in depth, but will. like the director, producer, the writers, the music, and the cast—it's all really like prestigious Hollywood folk. Like it's people who you know you know their work. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's just it's a weird yeah it's a weird also ran of a movie. Yes. Um, it's interesting. It's an interesting movie to to bring. I'm always down for more people to bring me either stuff I haven't seen that I own because that's a surprisingly large amount of things where I'm like oh I definitely am gonna want to watch this and it's on sale. And, and the cool thing is you got the you got the physical copy, not some digital thing. So now you have night shift. Yeah, I have night shift. Crazy collection of DVDs. DVDs. Yeah, if we're yeah. ever, you know, well, we have like a, a, a pizza party and we're all hanging out afterwards and we're like, put on a movie in the background. I'm like, oh, I got a movie. <laughs> I got a movie. Who's Boy, got coke? do I have something uh-huh. for you. Who's got coke? Because I have a Billy Blaze idea. <laughs> it's, let's put on night <laughs> I'm going to slip into this shitty Beetlejuice <laughs> so much I can feel it. Just it's not a there. shitty Beetlejuice, though. It's a accurate <laughs> Billy Blaze. <laughs> the first thing that strikes me about this movie is the opening scene with that awesome saxophone. Yeah, yeah that 80s some... saxophone. It's just, it's hot, such an... Hot sax. Yeah. yeah, it is such an 80s thing. And th- that was when I was just like, okay, this could be a good movie. And yeah. that's one of two original songs in the movie because after that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they just play one song in different versions of it. So the yeah. score, all the music is written by Burke Bacharach and the lyrics are written by Carol... Bayer Seeger or something like that. So she co-wrote That's What Friends Are For with Burt Bacharach, which is most of the soundtrack to this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Different instrumental versions of That's What Friends Are For. And then at the end, a version sung by Rod Stewart. <laughs> and it was just like, because the first time I played it, I was like, this is already a song, right? And I couldn't put my finger on it. And then the second or third times, I was like, I was like, I'm getting closer. They give you a lot of opportunity to figure yeah, it out. <laughs> and they play it for like long periods of time. And you know, it's got a noticeable. And I'm like, I fucking know this. It's driving me insane. And like the fourth time, I just went, that's, that's what friends are for. What the fuck? I was like, did Bacharach write that? Because then I couldn't remember where I know it from. Right, where, where, where was the first time you heard That's yeah. What Friends Are For? I am like, like 100% where... convinced it was like on a Disney soundtrack or some soundtrack cassette I owned as a child, and it definitely wasn't. Like, yeah, like, I didn't hear that yeah. song on the radio. That's um, not something where it's just like, oh, I remember that, like, on B101 in 1990. You know what like, I'm thinking it might have been? Do you remember the Disney Channel would have basically, like, mashup things where they took animation from various Disney like movies and cartoons and they would like make music videos for songs for like pop songs I don't remember that I think it might have been on one of those I know there was a famous version of it done by Dionne Warwick and Friends as like an AIDS benefit yeah, and, and again, when you hear it, just like, I know that. Yeah, I know that but fucking melody. Weird. Where, where the fuck did it come from? Yeah, and it's like more than half of the music in this. Yeah. yeah. It's, once again, I'll be using uh, the term diegetic and non-diegetic and score and soundtrack. Yes. And the score is all the instrumental music that's put in the background. And the soundtrack is the, the like pop songs that are playing in the movie. Yeah. My first thought, too, is when I, when I saw that all the music was done by Burt Bacharach, it just, what immediately popped in my head was that scene in Awesome Powers where it's just like, I'm Mr. Burt Bacharach and, and Elvis Costello. Hello. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Burt Bacharach is a little old for us. Oh, yeah. But, absolutely. yeah, actually, yeah. between this yeah. and our last episode uh, where we talk ex- extensively about Neil Diamond, this is basically yeah. your dad's favorite music podcast. Now. Yeah. <laughs> this is Hi, Hello. Introduce us to your dad. Hate Watch, Great Watch. Not bad for dads. <laughs> <laughs> Spinster Ants. So it's, yeah, it's. Um... Ooh, I found out a fun fact. 
about uh, our backpack about spinsters <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a joke this is true so spinster was a word that uh, initially referred to women up to a certain age like 25 or whatever and then after that they were officially spinster was like solitary women of marrying age and then once they like left quote unquote marrying age they were referred to as thornbacks what? which is fucking awesome I thought thornbacks. spinster was anybody that was like I like this would have been a thornback like anybody yeah. who like nah, it became you know that became the overall term for yeah anyone can be huh. a spinster now as we did away with the concept of like prime marrying years, huh. uh, we also apparently did away with Thornback, which is awesome. And I kind of want like to open a bar called Thornbacks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, because it sounds metal, but also knowing the definition, it's also really offensive sounding. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's all worth marrying. She's all prickly. Don't marry that one. <laughs> <laughs> insane but it's a great word and it's a cool yeah. factoid so you're welcome there you no go. one wants a hedgehog of a wife <laughs> <laughs> do you take sonic <laughs> do you take sonic sonic the thornback <laughs> is a very different game oh, <laughs> he, and he's collecting rings <laughs> holy shit holy shit we just blew the lid uh, off yeah. it <laughs> we just stumbled upon something there but anyway it's like it's so easy to get sidetracked on these things. Well, yeah. we did talk about the hot sacks. It opens with hot sacks and prostitutes. <laughs> and, and pimps running. Yeah, yeah. and pimps right, running. Right it's, pimps. A lot, it's a lot like basically the opening of Night Court. Oh. Hot sacks, crimes. But uh, you want to talk pedigree real quick before we get into it? Um, yeah, so yeah. Uh, producer is Brian Glazer. Uh, because who, he frequently he... works with director. Ron Howard. Who worked on Happy Days with star Henry, Henry Winkler, Winkler. And both of the writers whose names I forgot to write. Babalu Mandel and I forget the other guy's name. Forgot to write them down. But they were the they were writers on Happy Days forever. Did not know that. They're like series writers. When did Happy Days end? How far past the Happy Days and then into this part of Henry this Winkler's was, career? Happy Days was still on because it's 82. Yeah. So uh, I, I yeah, think Henry Happy Winkler Days was filming he, this. He was still he so was, he was filming still Happy Days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I know that. I thought Happy Days already ended. No, no, no. yeah, this he was doing it the, concurrently. No, I think Happy Days went to eighty seven. Wow. Oh, okay. I I did not. So <coughs> writer, yeah, writers were Lowell Gantz and Babalu Mandel. Babalu Mandel, yeah. Um, and they're big T V guys. They have yeah. a big pedigree for, you know, sitcoms yeah, and stuff. Just... Happy Days ended September twenty fourth, nineteen eighty four, which is oh, two years after this movie came out. Okay. It, so this is like right before the last like season or two, which are the which are the seasons where everybody jumped the shark. Because Henry Winkler, I'm not going to say he looks old in the film. He doesn't look like the Fonz. His hair is, like, grayer, and it's, like, yeah, it's yeah. just, like, that's why I assumed and it was he looks after like a... Happy Days, because he doesn't look... I, I mean, mean, of course, it's it's a fucking movie. I know yeah, it's not going to Yeah, and on, and on Fonz, Happy Days, but... I think they also, they shoot him to look, like, taller, and, you know, like, because he's supposed to be real cool, so, like, I think I think he carries himself differently in yeah. this. He's I think also maybe got his... less shit in his hair. Yeah, yeah, he's not doing his hair. But also, he and Michael Keaton both, like, they're not people that ever really looked young. Yeah. True. Like, yeah. even, like, in their 20s, they look like, you know, adult men. Like, Michael Keaton in this, I was like, I know he, this is 1982, I know he's younger, but at the same time, he looks like a grown adult. Yeah. I mean, that's also anything, anytime you see Sir Patrick Stewart. Yeah, even Patrick he, Stewart. Even young. He was very bald and just, like, had adult face. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Adult face. Yeah. Yep. Eternal gravitas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very nice. So, the story is by Brian Glazer, who apparently was inspired after reading a New York Times article about a prostitution ring run out of a morgue that was busted 
in New York. Oh. And so he was like, <laughs> okay. that would so make why, a good why movie. Did, why didn't this not get there based on a true story tag? Yeah, yeah, this should have started with That's what that should have been. Night I'm Shift sure based they, on a true, true story. story yeah. Pre- pretty Night sure shift, they took too many liberties. <laughs> Night Shift colon ripped from the headlines. Well, yeah. Exactly. It does tie Which, in the law and order, Again, though. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's got um, Richard Belzer in yep. it, who's famously... I Detective Munch. Detective Munch, yeah. On a shit ton of shows. Yeah, your assorted yeah. laws and order. Yeah. Laws and orders, and he's a pimp in this. He was I think a... they're mafia dudes, but I, in my notes I only refer to them as the, the pimp killers. They're the pimp pimps. They're higher up the chain, so they're getting yeah, a they're cut like, from the pimps. Yeah, pimp supervisor. Oh, it's pimp a chain, oh. like a gold chain. <laughs> yeah, wait, what would you call a pimp for a pimp? Is that a like... A pimp for a pimp? I don't think pimps pimp other pimps. Uh, well, that's the thing, though. Is, is like they want their pimp? Yeah, they want their cut from the pimps, so they would be... They're mafia men. All right. Yeah. The best part is when you meet the Law and Order guy, he throws a pimp through a basketball hoop. Yeah, they. And the funny thing so about wait, this though is just like they're chasing Franklin the pimp, who we get his full name. Franklin, it's Franklin Delano Roosevelt Jones. <laughs> Franklin Delano. Sorry, did I say old? Yeah. yeah okay. Belzer's on screen for like one second, and the pimp runs away from them. He's in a car. The, the Belzer and his partner. I didn't catch either of their character names, but Belzer's name in this is Pig. Apparently. All right. So, I don't know. Oh, and his uh, partner is Cleon. The two of them are in a car chasing after this pimp, uh, Franklin. And then Franklin, like, hops a fence and runs away and... Ditches uh, his... Very important, he ditches his fancy fur coat. Does he? He ditches I mean, his it's enormous just, pimp coat and hat. Slows him down. His hat had, like, a long feather boa just, like, hanging off the back of it, like a tail off a kite. I didn't, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it was weird. I was like... Because at first I thought it was a boa from around his neck, but it was attached to his was, hat. That's that's a pimp hat. It is very. <laughs> I don't know why like somebody like Ric Flair didn't have hats like that. I'm surprised. Well, it's because Ric Flair loved his hair. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And Bill, you're like, he's gone. I was like, no, I think he's going to show back up. I think this is, you know, yeah, they're going to kill this pimp. I was like, because he's not important. So if he's going to set things in motion, he is your lynch pimp. Yes. 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 I'm proud of that pun. It's it real is. stupid. It's cr- it was. It's, oh it's, no, I love that. Franklin's running up into like a, a, an abandoned warehouse or something, and um, there are guys outside playing basketball. Uh, but I just like smash cutting to like basketball trash talk. <laughs> Some dude's like, "Bet me a dollar," and he's like, "Look out, sucker!" It's <laughs> just like I was just like, "This is fun." Like, yeah, yeah, laying the big money on the line. I bet you a dollar I can make this dunk. Yeah, and like great slow motion, and it's just this this dude like dunking this basketball in slow motion, intercut with fucking Franklin tied to a chair getting pushed out of <laughs> oh, yeah. a, a window above the basketball hoop. Defren- defenestrated. Defenestrated. Extremely. It's true. And then, yeah, he falls through the basketball hoop and he's... But, but what I noticed, and I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but like, when he crashed through the basketball hoop... The chair he, legs? Yeah, this yeah. chair doesn't break. You know? No. Like, yeah, no. They, used, they, used, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> like, I was just like, he he's thrown probably out of like many, many stories yeah, high. Yeah, I would say like fourth or fifth story at least. Right, probably a little bit, maybe yeah. even higher because of the slow motion, you know. Yeah, he's falling knows? forever. I doubt that trajectory is accurate, but whatever. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I wonder too, was uh, Law & Order Pimp trying to make the basket or was that just... <laughs> That's what they should have cut to. They should have cut to like... That dude, because oh. the, the dude makes the dunk, and, he, and then the, a dead body hits the ground. He turns and amazingly, his and he, he goes, makes the dunk just in time. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, to not get crushed. Yeah, by But then he turns to his friend, and he's like, pay up, sucker. And I wish they would have then cut up to the office building or whatever, and it would have been <laughs> failed like, to be like, pay, pay up, up, sucker. sucker. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. Oh, so many jokes they just weren't written in. <laughs> yeah, also, though, I don't believe that they have an actual basketball rim. 
they, I mean, it had no net, but they had an actual they basketball rim. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was like a rim. a shitty fucking plywood backboard. I, I thought it was like a pl- I thought it was like a pallet, is what I yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but like, yeah, where do you get a basketball rim? Where do you the trash that? consignment that, shop, maybe. or you know, like a thrift store. Maybe yeah. there's just you know, right. you know. Just saying, little little bougie. these two men are betting one dollar in the cold it's november in new york and they're outside playing basketball on a rim with no net and you're like little bougie (laughs) okay so then we get introduced to our our main players yes well two of them yeah yeah um and it's shelly long belinda keaton weirdly enough yeah yeah Yeah, i couldn't get her character name yeah, because the so she's in the morgue to um, uh, identify the body of Franklin the pimp, because F- FDR, she is a FDRJ, FDRJ the pimp. Oh, I and, thought he was her Avon lady. Um, yeah, <laughs> they and, make a yeah. About she it. makes well, a, he's my joke. Avon lady. Yeah. Uh, she also says um, she's like, oh, I'm having a great morning. Eat an egg McMuffin. Look at a dead guy. <laughs> Which I was like, that's pretty good. And then Chuck is Henry Winkler, Charles Lumley the third, and Chuck is a loser. He is. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's the character. I. I it feels like that's why yeah. Henry Winkler. Yeah. Took it. Yeah. He, yeah. He's. De- uh, he's. Because he's not the Fonz. He's, he's not cool. He's yeah. Not, he's the yeah. opposite. He's timid, soft-spoken. Yeah. Yeah. He's a pushover. Uh, they, they make it a point so many times, like to show you how much of a weak character yeah, he is. The, like when the, the movie's with the, front-loaded with that. With the the, the the sandwiches, the orders, and stuff like that. Yeah. It, so there's, there's very, a running gag. Yeah. Where he, every time he orders food is in some way wrong. They say like he orders tuna salad, he gets uh, egg salad. He orders white bread he gets weed you know he orders it with no mustard it has mustard blah 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 like it's I mean, just he's a always in, there's a fear he's always fearful of, of just getting the right thing it's like there's always an excuse like the, the chef doesn't like it that they spit in your food and they yeah do that. if you complain they spit in your food right uh, if you you know he's, i don't want to argue about the quality of my haircut he's he's holding a razor you know yeah he's a seasoned professional yeah you know? yeah 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 he just gets pushed around by his fiance charlotte his well, boss, I mean, and just random strangers as his, well. His fiance's got a whole fucking thing, and she has problems. Yeah, she's I mean, a nightmare, but she does push him around. She basically has like before we called it this. She has body dysmorphia. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because like she overexercises, she obsesses about what food she eats. The one time that they're getting it on, she's eating a malamar. Yeah, like, they're having sex, and she's eating a malamar, and I was like. Yeah, well, it's, I don't think it's that she's trying to be hard on him and stuff. It's, like, it's that she's no. got a lot of fucking problems, and yeah. he's too, you know, Wimpy. whatever, yeah, to be like, we need to deal with this, because it's a nightmare. Yeah, and this is, like, 1982, so this is pre-like therapy as a widely oh, available yeah. and widely talked oh, yeah. about thing. So, like, his only recourse at this point would just be to, like, throw out all the food or throw away her exercise gear and be like, you just have to deal with your life now. Yeah. I'm Chuck. I don't take no shit. <laughs> Which is, I mean, that's where, you know, he has to become oh, yeah. take no shit Chuck. With, with, the, yeah. with the help of one of the greatest characters in cinema. Is it? No, not at all. <laughs> but one but of the yeah. greatest character actors in cinema, sure. Uh, absolutely. But yeah, so the sandwiches, the, the, the fiancé. Uh, the boss. The boss. The, basically his first scene after this morgue, there's a brief morgue scene. Yeah. Oh yeah, so he's an Emmy. Did we say that? I don't know if we said that. He's no. an Emmy. and you He's find... an Emmy, she's a prostitute. There's yeah. also a cop there, but he leaves, so let's not talk about him. Here's another thing that pushes Chuck around all the time. The a dog. stray dog. <laughs> it, I thought it just lived in this it's building. It's a dog in his apartment building, but it's not like on a leash or yeah. in its home. It's technically stray within the apartment building. It's yeah, the, the, the straight dog. <laughs> uh, kind of the dog's it? name is Hulkamania, and Hulkamania uh, is running a, wild in the halls. It's, like it's like Cujo running wild in like the hallways. Yeah, man. <laughs> man, it'd be so it's, good if it's Hulk, got a vaguely if Hulk Hogan like had a cameo as the dog's owner. 
You yelling at my dog, brother? Weird sign. Did you guys know that Hulk Hogan had to pay Marvel for like 20 years after he was the Hulk? Oh yeah. He paid. He had to pay. Name. He had to pay Marvel for the name because they used to introduce him as the Incredible Hulk Hogan, and Marvel oh. was just like, hold up. We own that. We own, we own two of the three of those words. Exactly. So then they came up to an agreement where they got like a percentage for up to like 20 years. Oh. And they gave him, they said you could use Hulk, but you're no longer the Incredible, Incredible Hulk Hogan. Hulk, right. But they came, yeah, so but for like 20 years, huh. uh, they were making. Back end money off Hulk Hogan. Oh. Yeah. Well, uh, that's like um, Sting of the police. Uh, I guess it's every year or something sells Sting, the wrestler, the licensing rights to the name so that he can still like wrestle and sell memorabilia and stuff really? with the name Sting, Sting for one dollar. Yeah, that's professional courtesy right there. Yeah, Gordon, whatever Gordon something. It's, it's Sting's real name, uh, the the musician, uh-huh. and he sells it to Sting, the wrestler, for one dollar. I bl- I, heard, I read somewhere there was like one dollar every year. What's what's Sting, the wrestler's name? Oh, Steve Bourdain. Steve, yeah, yeah. Nobody's confusing the two of them. Yeah, no, nobody <laughs> nobody ever went to the Anything Dome to see the guy from the police wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'd pay to see that. I totally would. I would also really like it if Sting the Wrestler incorporated police songs into his gimmicks where he's like, like, Woo! Don't stand so close (laughs) to me! (laughs) I got a message for you. And it's coming. In In a a message in a bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Yeah, I shouldn't have said message twice. (laughs) Damn it! Oh fuck! Yeah, that's what we're talking about too. It's just like it, it, it does take quite a bit of time for like the, the movie to kind of start moving forward. Whatever Chuck was working at the at the morgue, now he's yeah. set on the night shift, and his boss is like, "Yeah, you Mr. know, Mr. Carboni, Mr. Carboni." He's like, mm-hmm. "You're gonna," he's like, "You're gonna go on night shift." He's like, "Oh, I've been here six years. I thought maybe I'd get a, a raise yeah. or a promotion." And he's like, you're going to make this trouble for me? You're going to go above my head? He's like, no. He's like, well, this is the new guy who's going to take your shift. And he's like, oh, I can't help but notice he has your name. He's like, yeah, I think he's my nephew or something. Anyway, I got to go. Goodbye. I, I, I think he's my nephew. Yeah. <laughs> Nepotism. The nephew's only in like two scenes. And he both of them are the same thing. It's like he has left a real mess. And yeah. he, he's not good at his job. And he just leaves. And then, you know. It's him being a shipper. But he is. He, he is, does have one of the best lines. Yeah, he has one of the best lines where he, he's, watch, he's watching the Flintstones. And Chuck Lumley comes in for his shift. He turns the TV off. He's cracking up at the episode. And he's like, boy, that Barney Rubble is what an actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that like legitimately made me laugh. Like yeah. very such hard. A, such a small thing in the movie. There's but. really good dialogue in this like there's very funny dialogue yes. um i think the tone of the movie is weird i think i think pretty frequently but i think sex comedies are like comedies where sex is a major part of it oh uh, sure are a hard thing to keep tone with um but also i feel like they did a couple of like non sequitur jokes that were just like thrown in there uh like the sax guy in the subway and stuff yeah which uh, apparently that was ron howard, ron howard played doing that. a cameo yeah <laughs> director cameo <laughs> ron howard okay when when i saw him i'm like is that ron howard and then they pan down and i'm like well can't tell now i just noticed like they him playing it, sax aggressively yeah. in chuck's face yeah, yeah they do it real I, briefly and yeah, then yeah, chuck I, gives him like change and he just keeps playing but now worse and so chuck starts writing him a check and I was like that's a super duper TV joke yeah because then they just like cut away that's like the commercial joke that's yeah. the yeah, commercial and, one and, and the, yeah the, the audience laughs and claps it's like hey do you guys like Tide oh, dude that's so weird because I was thinking of a Tide commercial <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> I was just like, like some about Tide pods I'm like, do you guys need another Miller Lite because I do Bill would you oh, get me a yeah, yeah. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by the Northeast Philadelphia's most favorite beer. Miller Which Lite. they are drinking in this movie. 
Keaton is Keaton, at least. Keaton yeah. does a uh, shotgun. Yeah, the the frat. There's a frat thing later, but yeah, the frat guys are all drinking. And the and one, I, and one of the frat guys. We'll wait until we get there because okay. there's lots to talk about with that yeah, one. There is. Yeah, there's lots um, to get there, so we, but, we haven't gotten. But the yeah, yet. I felt like there was yeah, a well, couple. Yeah, I felt like there was a couple of like jokes in there that didn't really have anything to do with the movie. They were just one-offs, and so I wasn't sure if they were playing for time or trying to inject more comedy in here. See, I think it's television writers writing okay. a movie. Right. I think they're just like, this needs a laugh. Because on TV, you can you can do more like with just like situation. That's what sitcom is. It's situational comedy. So it's like, oh, he's on the subway now. What's a good thing that happens on the subway for a, a laugh before we go to commercial that doesn't happen in movies, guys? Come on. But, uh, <laughs> but like, come on, oh, guys. I know, a crazy a crazy guy uh, will ask him for money. And it's like, okay, well, what kind of crazy guy? Oh, how about he's a saxophone player? And you give him change, and then he keeps playing in your face until you give him more money. Ha, 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 ha. But you don't, uh-huh. have, but you don't have any cash. You have to write a check. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're like, oh, we should New write York. a check. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, like, it's a very, like, New York 1982 yeah. joke. Yeah. But, yeah, that feels like I'm a just, television joke saying. to me. You know, I agree with you. We see Charlotte, uh, the fiancé. Yeah. And she is riding a crazy exercise bike, and she is wearing a sweat suit, like the, um, yeah. the bake-yourself-in-your-own-juices like suit. or whatever. Specifically, it's designed to make you sweat a lot oh, so I, that uh, you're, yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, so so she's an exercise maniac and kind of a shrew. Like she's, it's not like she's nice and but obsessed with exercise. She's kind of shitty to him. Yeah. Well, again, I don't think it's about him. It's that she's too fucked up to care about anybody or not to care about anybody else, but like to be able to. Because doesn't he say something where he's like he asks her a question about like his job? He's like, I don't know. Why are you asking me? Like she's. Well, she's like she's like. Well, you work the night shift now. Like when am I going to see you? He's like, I mean, I'm off during the day. She's like, I work days. Normal people work days. Like, well, you want me to quit? I'll go down there right now and quit. She's like, Why are you asking me? You should have quit years ago. And this is the first time we get that. She's like, your mother said you're a, br- a genius with finances. Yeah. He used to be in finances on Wall Street as like a broker or something. Kind, I mean, he, yeah. He, he was, gives a different job title, but yeah, when asked he, to explain he was, that, he says it's like a broker. But like he's got a, a head yeah. for business, and we find out a little later, like, just couldn't take the stress of it. So yes. he went I get, He went into working at the morgue because it was better. Well, he yeah. also said he likes he likes his quiet. It's quiet. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, one of the things. It's true, he, yeah. He's a peculiar character. A yeah, he peculiar. likes everything just so. Yeah. I keep calling him an Emmy. He actually probably isn't. Then he's probably just a coroner. Because an Emmy, I think you actually have to have some medical training, where a coroner is an elected position. Basically, like, they just investigate deaths, but they don't necessarily have to have any medical experience. Yeah. This is like the plant with the light bulb. Okay. Where you're, there's a level of logic that need not concern itself with yeah. the goings on of night shift. <laughs> All right. Like Bill mentioned, Chuck keeps a, a big old fern or something, big old plant in in, a, in his locker with a light on overnight. And then when he comes in for the night shift, he sets it on a table where it can get theoretically some moonlight. And Allison, when we were watching it, was like, "Oh, if you're keeping that in there all day, you're not gonna. It's gonna die." And I was like, "Well, that's why he's got a light bulb." She's like, "Well, that's not that's not sunlight." And I'm like, "Yes, I know, but it is a movie <laughs> written by TV writers, so that's a very TV writer gag." Because uh, now we, because we, Chuck we, loves his silence. Is quiet, yeah. And the worst possible person <laughs> right. to work with would be Michael Keaton as Billy Blazewski. Blazewski, B L A Z E J O W S K I. Yeah, Billy Blaze to his friends, who is just doing yeah, like crazy, coked up, Beetlejuicey kind of. 
He's introduced backlit on the other side of a frosted glass door to the office, rocking out to music on headphones, kind of, you think. And he's like... Which leads to a great gag later there in the is, movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then he like he just comes in, he's like, Hey, how's it going? I'm Billy. Uh, I'm Billy Blazewski. Billy Blaze, my friend. You know, like, whatever. And it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Michael yeah. Keaton is cranked up this whole movie. It's yeah. full on Michael Keaton. He's got the highest words per minute of anybody. Yeah, his first scene, he talks nearly constantly yeah. for that whole scene. It's great. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, it, it's it's the moments that he's on screen where the movie's at its best. I, I don't think the movie or anybody else really is on his level. No. Like, there's a manicness that, like, he just, like, doesn't fit with the, the t- rest of the tempo of the movie. So, so just read the description on the back of the So let's box. see. So, Night Shift. The world of Wall Street drove Charles Lumley III up the wall. His new job at the New York City morgue is quieter until Billy Blaze Bajowski shows up with a cool idea of how to liven things up. Directed by Ron Howard, The Da Vinci Code. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this DVD was produced after The Da Vinci Code came out. That's Night insane. Night Shift is a breakneck farce rife with hysterical ideas thanks to veteran comedy writers Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel, Parenthood Fever Pitch. Yeah. Henry Winkler, Happy Days, is a low-key Lumley in a delightfully offbeat performance. Shelly Long of Cheers also scores a hapless happy hooker. Scores as a hapless hooker. <laughs> but the casting triumph is film debuting Michael Keaton as Billy Blaze, launching a career rich in comedic and dramatic highlights since Is This a Great Country or What? Which is something he says about getting to run hookers out of a morgue. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's true. It's, uh, the, the, on the front of it, it's just a, it's just a delightful, good-natured comedy, sharply directed and written with verve. Billy Blaze is the only comedy in this movie. Michael Keaton, I I would say, carries the movie for its comedic chops. I don't. There's good stuff between Henry Winkler and Shelley Long, but it just feels like a different movie. But I would kind of like to pair this movie with The Founder and do uh-huh. a double feature of this and The Founder. Wait, I've never seen her. Uh, the Founder is Michael Keaton playing Ray Kroc, uh, the guy that, that, that oh, stole McDonald's. That, that, that was the one that's the, the new one that came out yeah it's a couple years ago yeah. it's very very good it is well I've sent you like I I, I want to see that just kind of like Michael <laughs> Keaton but he's, since he's we've been talking man. Michael Keaton I, I pointed this out to Hunter that Michael Keaton and um, the lead singer of Bad Religion Greg um, Gaffin Greg Gaffin are doppelgangers they yeah they do look they look alike a, a, as, as Michael Keaton is aging he looks more and more <laughs> like like they don't look at all like when they were younger but no. they're aging into basically the, <laughs> the same, same dude exactly. and it's weird yeah Remember the, when Batman the stopped vulture. the Joker with a <laughs> with a fucking just scathing essay on politics? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I love Batman oh. rocking out to Kyoto now. <laughs> I did want to underscore because this was kind of mentioned on the box. This is Keaton's first leading man role. Yeah. So yeah, his his, his I guess major motion picture debut. debut. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he might have been in other stuff in like smaller roles. Sure. Right, but, but he wasn't like, a prominent. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't a but, star. Yeah, he wasn't a lead. And, and his performance in this is just. Yeah. I mean, you talk it's, about his yeah. manic nature. You, and again, like, oh, it's the, balls out. Like he instantly you, like grabs your attention. And again, like we, we mildly discussed it during the movie, though. It's just like, is he on coke or is he just playing Dude, somebody is, on coke? Or he's nuts in this. Yeah, I honestly is can't he just tell, not good. Like, because yeah. he was he was a comedian and comedic actor, you know, like in the early '80s, like cocaine was available. This could have been. He's like, yeah, it's my first my first leading role. I'm really nervous, so I got to bump up, you know. Like he definitely puts on a show. And yeah, it's it's. He's got a bunch of great lines in this. He again crazy manic energy, like circling the office, and he's talking a mile a minute. And he's like, oh, is this your is this your wife or girlfriend? He's like, uh, and, and Chuck's like, fiance. 
And he looks at her for a second and he goes, it's a nice frame. And, he, and he's, he's carrying a tape recorder. It's basically exactly the one that um, Star-Lord carries in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Um, tape recorder and headphones. And he's like, he's like, you know I got this tape recorder, Chuck? To tape things. <laughs> it's just like, and then he says, like, I get a million ideas a minute and I can't always think to write them down, so I got to whatever. And then he ends the scene being shown around the office and... Chuck's like, well, do you want to see a dead body? I'll show you. He opens up one of the morgue drawers. But he's like, you know, Mr. Whatever, the, the, the boss. He's like, he's like, so he's our boss. So he's a supervisor. He's not here at night. And Michael Keaton goes like, oh, so it's just you and me and the stiffs all night long with no boss? That's going to be radical. Hey, that guy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a great line. And it's, yeah. it's real. It feels real in the moment. If you're going to play a drinking game to this movie, I would say drink every time Michael Keaton says this is radical or just the word radical. Uh, every time he says... Hold the phone. Hold the phone. And every time you hear That's What Friends Are For in any of its various musical uh, uh, forms. Because that'll give you a good... Just the That's What Friends Are For is a good six or seven drinks throughout the movie right there. And you're going to be like, oh, That's What Friends Are For is on again. Thank God I get to drink just a little bit. Miller Lite. Miller Lite. <laughs> I just did a quick, quick Google search about Michael Keaton cocaine, and the first result I got was... Night shift. Night shift. First result I got was on filmboards.com, was Michael Keaton on coke, and it is about this movie. Oh, yeah, buddy, good. It's totally yeah. plausible that Michael Keaton, just as a comedian and working yeah. actor, was around a lot of guys on coke and was like, that's the that's what I need to bring to this Billy Blaze character that like my roommate Daryl you know like he could have yeah. been drawing on anything yeah, or he could have been high out of his mind he's yeah. always got he a is. lot of energy he does in different ways sometimes it's very oh yeah I know. quote I quote Batman all the time yeah. he's like you want to get nuts let's get nuts like yeah. that's, that's yeah. a great line that's totally insane for Batman to say and, and it I sounds like it. so many yeah. fucking out of their mind on coke yeah like, <laughs> listen I literally I don't know or really care nuts. If Michael Keaton has a, a drug issue in his past, I hope he's well now. He's a great actor. One of my favorites. National treasure. Happy Just birthday. Maybe this will come out on his birthday. I don't know. Happy birthday, Michael Keaton. <laughs> We're going to plan it to come out on his birthday. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not changing our, our release schedule. It'd be great if this dropped like right on his birthday, just by chance. Billy Blaze is again. He, he carries the, uh, the the tape recorder, and he's got the you know. The, he's got a silk jacket with like I don't know what tiger the, on the back. I, I definitely want one though. Yeah, it's the, awesome. the jacket was awesome, and his shirts. Yeah, every every shirt, shirts, every like, shirt, like Hunter he wears. Thompson, like Hunter Thompson. Yeah, shirts, that's like... a good analogy right there. It's a Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite jokes in the movie too is his his idea about tuna fish. Yeah, it starts with uh, Chuck ordering tuna for lunch, but they send him egg salad or whatever. And he, but yeah, he's just like he's like, yeah, you know, tuna. And then yeah, then he he's, does he say hold the phone? He does. He says hold the phone. No, he says why don't? Well, he starts off with like why don't they just put mayonnaise in the can? Right, and, and he's just like no, no, no. And so I'm doing that. Yeah, it's just yeah. Like, and then he says oh, that's when he says hold the phone. Why don't we just feed mayonnaise to, to tuna? The tuna. <laughs> <laughs> that is like really funny and crazy. <laughs> And then the other idea... I don't think he knows how fish works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the first idea, he's just like, I got an idea right now. And was it the... Um, edible paper. Edible paper. Edible paper, yeah. yeah. There's so much garbage. You yeah, just... to, to, to demonstrate like how he is full of ideas all the time, he looks at the, the garbage that Chuck just dumped off his desk from the nephew. Yeah, the, the, the carbone. And he's like, picks up the wrapper for like a McDonald's hamburger or whatever. What, do you get rid of litter? edible paper you eat it it's gone no big deal uh, he also at the end of that scene is like you want a snickers like just says like do you want a snickers he's off screen so i think it's 80 yard and then he goes it's not frozen because my freezer is broken and i was like huh i was like are you supposed to eat snickers frozen 
I've I, I've been doing it wrong. Yeah, bro, frozen Snickers is. Uh, point. With well, you, so you I, have soft teeth. I wouldn't recommend. No, it. no, no, no. Caramel's uh, gonna kill you. Yeah, oh, no, I can't do that shit anymore. But I used to eat peanut chews. Oh, uh, yeah, so, that's uh, also see, one that's gonna be real yeah, solid. I, you can't yeah. do a peanut chew Not frozen. Reese's, Reese's, stick to that. Yeah, well, so now I don't put anything in the freezer. I put it all in the fridge, so it's okay. cold. In the summer, that's a wonderful treat. The other thing about Billy Blaze, because we talked about his tune idea, is every time he has an idea, he records himself saying, "This is Bill." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> every which, which I didn't notice, I didn't really think about until you pointed it out. And I was like, yeah, that's "This is Bill." Really funny. You need to start your songs that way. No, I start all my songs uh, by pretending to be a metronome, and I'm off timing. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I do every my song. every single recording by it's, Bill it's is the always same palm mute strings going chick 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 chick. And then the song starts. And, that's, and it's not even in that timing. It's not even, not right even timing. in that timing, yeah. yeah one, I mean. two, three, this is Bill. <laughs> one, two, Bill, this is me. <laughs> yeah. We've already covered half of my list. Um, we also. Oh, the, don't the worry. Next... I have like four more pages. Yeah. Well, the next I, got, scene I already is, got four uh, more bullet points. Chuck and his fiance uh, attempting to have sex, and it's, we've talked about that. It's all her neurotic things. It's yeah. Body issues. She's worried about the, the burglars being in the apartment, whatever, and then. He's at, I guess, at her apartment. She's on her exercise bike, and then he leaves. And then it was him like unlocking the front door of a building and going in. So I, I assumed he was going to work because it looked like it was at night, you yeah. know. And I was like, oh, okay, he's going to work. And then he was like opening another door, and I was like, oh, this could be the door to the office or whatever. It just looks like an apartment building, and this giant dog is like running down the hall. So and he's barking like trying at him. to get into the door real quick before he can, you know. Yeah, get but then he involved. goes inside, and it's an apartment. And I was like, wait, what? And yeah, yeah. and then like, oh, he goes to work. Yeah, then he goes to work. There's a little visual gag of like the platforms like super crowded on the Everyone one side going from, down to, or going well, yeah, uptown. Well, everyone's and then, leaving yeah, going home, yeah. so he can't get down the and, subway steps because yeah. he's the only one going yeah. into work. And then he's the, the only one on the left hand side going, going into, into the into the city. Yeah. yeah. I used to fucking work, uh, I used to have to get up at like 5am to go to my job, and it's me, and it's either people like leaving graveyard shift or going to the early ass shift like me, and it was just like the, it was the best, it was the quietest car. Everybody was just like, it's either mm. too early or too late for the shift. <laughs> also, the, the, the wife uh, mentions that she ate a Nestle's Crunch Bar. Charlotte. That's right after Billy's like, you want a Snickers? I was like, why are they just like this movie was oh, name dropping mm-hmm. candy? Oh, yeah, wait, yeah, by Eminem Mars. Because that's what happens is that like they're going to have sex. You check the yeah. apartment, and then music starts up. Yeah, loud music starts, and uh, Charlotte is like, go, you know, go sort it out. And so he puts on his uh, dress shirt. This is his apartment, though, right? Yeah, yeah, that his was apartment. his because that was the so, one where the because after yeah, because so initially when he comes out, he's got like a button up shirt, like one or two buttons buttoned, and I was uh-huh. like, dude, you don't own a t shirt. And I was like, oh no, this is probably her apartment. And he, he's just wearing his clothes from work. But no. then when then I realized, I'm like, no, this is his apartment. I was like, you don't own a t-shirt? I went back around to it. I was like, well, also, I don't know, Grateful Dead tour shirt? Whatever. He's, he's like, a stick in the mud, and the guy he's confronting just it's comes. It's New York. There's got to be a Mets shirt around there somewhere. Right, Yankees. Yeah. But yeah. He, yeah, he's a stick in the mud because the guy he's going to confront is like a head taller than him and only in his tidy whities and a cowboy hat. I am not entirely sure that guy is not a wrestler. Yeah. I want to look him I up. I feel like he yeah. was like, Dude, I feel like he was like in Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Like in the bar yeah, scene, or so, yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. he, you know, it's just like, wait, you talk to large Marge? Like, I think he was yeah. that guy. Yeah. You know, God, he's so good. They cast the biggest slab of beef that could do a southern accent. Yeah, but he could not twirl a fucking lasso, which leads me to believe they didn't just find a guy who was a big cowboy. 
No. I feel like they found a wrestler. I feel no, like they got, they're... like, some dude that wrestled Brutus the Barber Beefcake as a jobber. And they're like, can you twirl a lasso? And he's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. It's a paycheck, right? Yeah, he got paid three dollars more than his, his usual wrestling gig. Yeah, and they were like, your head is enormous. Can you provide your own uh, cowboy hat? And he was like, yeah, I guess. Chuck does his usual, like, shrinking violet shtick, and Charlotte comes out, and she's like, I need you to turn the music down and stuff. And then she we... She says s- awful music. And yeah. He gets, he gets very intimidated. He's like, what'd she say? He's like, awful, awful good. Awful, it's awful good. He's so soft-spoken. In this. Um, yeah. And then uh, Belinda... Belinda. Belinda. Uh, pops out from behind, you know big gigantic cowboy and is like you know oh we'll turn it down we'll turn it down and she's like oh you're the guy from the morgue yeah she's like i yeah. thought i recognized yeah. you and then yeah. right yeah that's where she first turns cause... out she lives in his building yep three and... doors down three yeah she's doors like down. sorry that's the name of the band right yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wanted to make so... sure i the right amount of doors there <laughs> <laughs> if i go crazy and we'll use the call, call me superman, superman. We sang Three Doors Down. <laughs> it's like Chad Kroger and Chuck Lumley. <laughs> Nickelback. <God. laughs> oh, fuck. Chad Kroger. As soon as you said it, I was like, he's 100% right. That's the Nickelback guy's name. <laughs> and then I was like, why do I know that? <laughs> You know why? Because he was once married to Avril Lavigne. That's true. I she's was... married every major Canadian musician. Yeah. I know. She, she, she I married was... Chuck Lumley. Oh. Chuck Lumley. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, so my. blissfully ignorant of all of this. Oh, God, that's funny. I'm sure everybody listening was blissfully ignorant of all of this. Uh, there's probably a guy or two. Right in. Yeah, there's some Canadian listeners who are like, unfortunately, I know all of this gossip shit you're talking about. All of our supermarket tabloids just have whoever Levine's married to this month. <laughs> Chad Kroger. <laughs> Good pull. That and the Jesus. royal baby. Bill, have you ever done the thing where you look up the uh, dog that won during the Westminster Dog Show the year you were born? No, I've done the Florida Man one. I forgot mine, but I still remember Hunter's. Is mine like Pepsi? The name the family called him was Pepsi, but it was Kublix the Challenger. Kublix the Challenger, mm. uh, aka and, Pepsi. That's my and, rap name now. Um, yeah, on a track, Kublix the Challenger, aka Pepsi, yeah. <laughs> also, aka City Hall, also aka the- Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, <laughs> <laughs> aka Bob and the Baby's a Boy. <laughs> <laughs> world's a crazy place. Speaking of world's a crazy place, Clint Howard shows up in this movie. Ron yeah. Howard is Ron, Howard's, the, the, the Ron brother. Howard's brother, yeah. Uh, he's, I, he always he's always in Ron Howard's stuff, uh, little cameos and shit. Yeah. It's the scene, it's right after uh, the tuna idea. Yeah. There's a knock on the door, yeah. and Keaton gets up and answers it. He's like, oh, hey, you're the kid. And he's like, you know, oh, he's like, give me the money. And, you know, and, and this nervous guy in a in an ill-fitting tuxedo, you know, is like, oh, yeah, here, a leisure suit, really. This it's is like, like the beginning of, like, getting what the plot is actually going to yeah. end up becoming. Well, we find out uh, Bill is running a limousine agency out of the morgue with the Using them, yeah, using the more yeah. cars as uh, yeah. he throws like a little black like satin bag over the light on top. Oh, it's no, a, a top hat. hat. It's a top oh, hat. Oh, is it a top hat? Yeah, Jeez, that's top even hat. better. I didn't even yeah. know that. It's a top hat, and he's got, he's got a, a decal. Yeah, he's got a magnetic decal that he slaps over the city of New York right, the coroner's office to say uh, Billy Blaze uh, Limousine Company. Has Puts Clint... on his little so- chauffeur outfit. Yeah, and he has Clint Howard hopping in the back seat, and he's like, "All right, here we go." He's like, "Hey, hey man, you like music?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah." I do. And the Clint Howard's like, "Yeah, I do." He's like. 
<laughs> and starts singing and I was fucking dying yeah. <laughs> so yeah. crazy he does and that and then the car pulls away and it just fades out of yeah. him like he is the musical entertainment in the car yeah. yeah I mean even while he's dressing up and stuff uh, you know uh, Chuck's like well wait you're taking the car like what if we get a call and he's like I'll be back you know it's just the like what debutante ball or something like that yeah you know like it's not gonna be all night it's fine He's like, you know, it makes so much money, man. I got like $400 just taking these Japanese guys from the airport to the U.N. And he's like, you're defrauding diplomats now? Like, and he gives him $100. Gives him $100. Yeah, bones, he's like, yeah. here's, you know, here's $100. And he's like, why? And he's like, mm. he's like I'll see you later. Yeah. This is when we have, uh, we see Chuck having Malamar sex with his fiance. Yeah, she's like eating a Malamar. Yeah. There's uh, a half a Malamar that's clearly yeah. bitten in half. And then she bites that half into like a little half. Yeah, but she's got, like, a little plate of cookies, I guess, next to the bed while he's trying to... (laughs) Which, in case you don't know, Malamars are... It's graham cracker with uh, marshmallow on top, and then it's coated in chocolate. Enrobed in delicious chocolate. All right. What? Do you have a slogan for Malamars? Why not have one during sex? (laughs) (laughs) Malamars. Malamars. That's pretty much the when you start seeing like that's where the plot's coming in where they're gonna now. This is Billy, yeah. This is Billy Blaze being the idea man. And the idea man and taking advantage of the fact that there's nobody supervising on night shift and you are free. And your and your coworker is a pushover. Right. So he's not trying to take advantage of Chuck, but Chuck is naturally a pushover. So right. So it kind of gets to the point where he's doing that. That the the idea man's doing his ideas. They are going home one night. It's Billy Blaze talking about... They're just having a conversation about the hookers, right? Oh, yeah, isn't, yeah. isn't that, like, where, like, Chuck's just like, you know, these are women, they're human beings, they're, like, going around with strange men well, or whatever. Right before that, they have their, like, little blowout where... It's the moment in the movie where they're going to be friends. It's that, you know, Chuck's like, Yeah, we're know, going you're past annoying, the co-worker. Yeah, you. we're, you're an annoying co-worker. Yeah. And then Billy's just like, I thought we were friends, you yeah. know? That's yeah. what he actually says. He's like, he says that. He's like, I thought we were friends. Yeah. Cause and then like, he goes and climbs into a morgue drawer and just keeps listening to, this is Chuck telling Bill to shut up over and over again, which is like sad and crazy. Yeah. yeah I thought the same thing. Just like, what are you trying to tell me about Billy here? Where yeah. it's just like. Yeah. Well, I think it's that Bill kind of needs attention, but wants good attention, which usually these kind of guys don't care what kind of attention they get. But he was sure. actually really hurt by. Yeah. He's like, yeah. he's like, we've been working together. How long? He's like, I thought we were friends. He's like. Uh, every night I look at that picture of your fiance. You never even told me your name. He's, he's also like, yeah, and I gave you a hundred dollars. I didn't ask for it. He's like, that's why it was such a sweet gesture. Yeah, <laughs> that was such a sweet and considerate gesture for me, <laughs> on, or on my part. <laughs> it's really good. So it's like a little falling out, and they, they, you know. Yeah, well, it's because Chuck's so tightly wound, so you knew right. he was going to blow up at some point. Yeah, and, and this is like the first inkling that you, as the audience, get that like, okay, Chuck has the capacity in him to stick up for himself. Yeah. He's not, you know, completely like beaten down. He just is used to getting pushed around a little. After this is. Uh, uh, Chuck comes back to his apartment and finds Belinda in yeah. the elevator. Yeah, uh, she's up. She's got, like, uh, runs in her stocking and a, a bloody, like, nose. bloody nose. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, my God. He's like, what happened? Did you fall down? Did somebody hit you? And she's like, it's the other way around. Somebody hit me, and then I fell down. <laughs> yeah. Which is a good line, and she delivers it well. Yeah. Um, it's and, real blasé. Yeah. <laughs> and... He's like, oh, I usually have a handkerchief, but I don't, you know. And she's like, oh, I think I have tissues in my purse. He's like, I'll get it. And as he's doing that, the elevator door opens, and a, uh, a what they call bluebell? A blue, uh, yeah, they yeah. were bluebell. Bluebell, which is like a, I guess a Girl Scout, Girl Scout or a brownie. analog, yeah, yeah, or something, is there. 
and just starts screaming, Mugger! Mugger! And blowing a whistle, and then all the other bluebells come rushing out of her apartment in the building, um, where I guess they were having their bluebell meeting, and start beating him with, I guess, cookies, but it looked like cartons it of definitely cigarettes. definitely like they are beating him with cartons of cigarettes, for And sure. also, apparently, that bluebell with the only line of dialogue was Shannon Doherty. Yeah. From 90210 and uh, Mall Rats and Charmed. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. I saw her in the credits list. I didn't know when we saw her, but that was that was a yeah. scene. Yeah, that must have been like little baby Shannon Doherty. Baby Doherty. Um, <laughs> baby Doe Bluebell. <laughs> but yeah, and that's really funny, But uh, except for the fact that I was like, I'm assuming those are cookies, but they look like cartons of cigarettes. Yeah, there was I a, there imagine was... how great it would be. What a world. If like oh, just like little what a girls, racket. yeah, little girls, yeah, like uh, troops were like, yeah. <laughs> were like cigarettes, Mister. Would you like to buy cigarettes instead of being like, we've got caramel delights and we got mint, mint thin, thin mints. It's like mint we got thins. cools and we got cools and we got hundreds and there's lucky strikes. These are menthol. Yeah. We got the yeah. non-menthol. Yeah. For some reason, these are peanut butter. These that's, cigarettes have coconut. No one likes that, right? That's real, like prohibition era steam. It is stuff. like they have like yeah. a, the cigarette girl, like with the tray. Yeah, but you know. But you're making children do it. Yeah, they they pair up with the little match girls. Um, Shelley Long also in this uh, scene and, and later in the movie and stuff as well. Her her coat is like it's real like jet black it's furry. Like, it's like jet black Wookie fur. Yeah. Like if there was a Wookie share. Yeah. Like but, whatever Wookie on Kashik, the Wookie homeworld. Is the is share for their for their. Species. It's a good it's a good segue because when, when we talked about during the movie was all of the hookers' hair. It is. He's not talking about her hair. He's talking I know he's about, talking about her a, coat. I know he's talking about the coat. I understand that, but I was okay. using that as a yeah, segue speaking, to talk about how crazy everyone's hair. hair is in the movie. Yeah, there's a lot. There's so much hair. Eighties hair. Yeah, among it's, these women. Yeah. yeah, it's 1982, so it was filmed in like 81. So this is still the. I, I said this when yeah. we were watching. It's the decade hangover from the 70s, yeah. which was like big hair, into the 80s, which was also big hair. But now we have more products. Yeah. Um, and there's just a lot of, like, a lot of hair with little shape. There's one girl in, like, one of the group scenes, I think it's at the Christmas party, who it just seriously is, like, her head is being devoured by her hair. <laughs> it's a giant wall of hair just, like, with this tiny little woman's head, like, so, somewhere Somewhere under tucked it. into that hair is a head and a skull. Yeah. It's like when you go to, like, a baseball game and somebody's got, like, a big foam cowboy hat. It's like, that hat is the right size for this hair. <laughs> It's insane. I also I realized too when um when the hooker was doing the nursery rhyme during the Christmas party, her hair was actually pulled back in a ponytail, which is just like she was the odd one out because it was well, just like she, no. She mentioned they went to Vidal Sassoon to get their hair done. Yeah. Ah. That's in the the, yeah. the nursery rhyme thing. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Belinda gets beaten up in the elevator. She takes him to her apartment and explains like you know I got beat up because my pimp left and my John thought he could get out without paying or whatever. In that scene, I think she does some actually some pretty nice acting. I just want to say, like, it's kind of sad. And, like, when she closes the door, she kind of has, like, a minute of reflection. And well, then he, she puts he, the ice on her he face. He does and... the thing. He says, like, well, so why do you do this? Like, you're clearly very bright. Which is slut-shaming, Chuck. It's not cool. Um, it's the 80s. It wasn't not Yeah, cool no, it yet. wasn't a thing. But, yeah, uh, so he's like, why do you do this? You know, she's like, hey, I'm really tired. So if you're okay, like, you know, from getting beat up by those little Girl Scouts, then you should probably go. And yeah. Which also, yeah. I thought it was funny, too. Um, 
Yeah, she got beat up. She got like a bloody she, nose and all scraped up, and right, she gives and him an ice pack for his head right, after yeah, he got so walloped like, with like, cookies. Yeah, I think it just it goes to show like how much of a um, wimp he is. Right. Well, you know, he, he goes in the, to try to be like the the guy who's like helping her, and then he gets beat up. Doesn't get beat up. He gets beat up by children, by children. and then he now has a prostitute taking care of him. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was just like just beaten up. Yeah. Yeah, tough and tender thing where she's like you know putting on a face, but then as soon as he leaves, she's just kind of sad. Yeah, she's worn down by yeah. the, by the, yeah. world, by the weight of life. the world. Yeah. yeah. When she closes the door, we hear the dog again. Yeah, they just ADR <laughs> just, the dog chasing him. Every time gag. he's Anytime he's not in his apartment, that dog is like, yeah. I will kill Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck and Billy are on the subway. They're going home. After that thing with Belinda. Yeah. And it, Chuck's it's, it's, finally what, opening up to Bill more, so he's telling him all about, and, you know, And Billy, and he, when, it's, yeah. it's like literally like Billy, he's sitting there saying, like, you know, how hard it is for these women, and then he gets the idea. Yeah, he goes, oh, oh, man. So we could do that for them. Yeah. He's like, we got we got cars, we got time, nobody's watching us. Why and can't we be pimps? Why, why can't, can't we be pimps? Why can't we be pimps? Yeah. He doesn't do that, but he no. should have. That yeah. was a good breakout. That's what pimps are for. for. Yeah. <laughs> In good times. In bad times. <laughs> Very nice. The best thing though is Billy what well, he decides to call. Because they're not gonna, Chuck's, they're, Chuck's not sold like, no, on this. I'm not, I'm not yeah. a pimp. We're not pimps. I don't want to be a pimp. And he's like, we're, we're love brokers. Yeah. Which is perfect because he was 100%. a former financial advisor. So right. he's yeah. now, you have the broker thing. You're a yeah. love broker. 100% that was a working title for this movie at some point. Oh. Love broker. Love had, had to have been. Yeah. yeah. Good title. It's not bad. No. It, it, uh, it, if you were like, oh, love brokers. I at least wouldn't have gotten it confused with, like, nine other movies. The right. tagline was, two working stiffs going for broke. Man. Ah. That's pretty that, good. That's really good. That's ah. pretty fucking good. Thanks. How long have you been holding on to that? Or did that just come on? No, that just came up. We Damn, oh, that's do good. This. Yeah. yeah that's... Thanks. <laughs> Chuck returns home and Shelly, Belinda. She's like, I noticed we both get off work at the same time. And we should have breakfast. And so she comes into his apartment, and she's like, I'm going to cook eggs. And she's like, how do you like them? Scrambled? He's like, all guys like eggs scrambled. Which, which I mean, I think I'm a guy, and I like eggs scrambled. I mean, so. I think that's I, like I, most I think, people. Yeah, I, I don't like runny yolks. I know that's like... I yeah. like it depending on what I'm eating with it. Yeah, if I have toast, Yeah, if it's I have, fine. like, dippables and stuff. But if I have a nice crispy piece of scrapple, then if it's a little bit of a runny egg, you're right, the dippable. Yeah. Don't mind the yolk on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, scrambled eggs, they're my go-to. So it's super hot in Chuck's apartment, so she takes her coat off, and she's just wearing, like, a little shirt and panties, and so he's getting super hot and bothered yeah, there's, by that. Yeah, there's Shelly Long, like, Yo, cheesecake in this. She has such a butt on her i didn't even know nope, i'm no. over here doing like the clutching my pearls gesture like, by the oh, way heavens. she's got it going on downstairs it's nice shelly long has got it going on <laughs> yep. chuck is now a little bit hesitant to to go through with it and they're walking down Times Square adjacent. Yeah, I don't know if it's specifically Times Square, but this was before they cleaned up yeah, Times Square. Yeah, it's 1981. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, it's Ford Theaters. I think it yeah. is Times Square. Did Times you Square notice, adjacent. too? I don't know if you noticed how many, like, adverts behind them were for Burger Steak. Did Burger you? Steak. No. Burger I saw, Steak? I saw Burger King and I saw Coca-Cola. No, so I saw a Burger King, but there was at least, like, two or three things. of Like, there would be a banner behind them. And I think the burger place they bought sold the Burger Steaks. But it was, like, coming out of the well, subway at one point... There was a giant advert that said like burger steaks. Uh, I'm like, is, was yeah, that I'm, was that's... that a Burger King thing in the 1980s, or was this something that was like written in the movie? Well, and when I saw burger steak, I kept thinking of yeah. milk steak from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> but I like milk steak boiled over hard, <laughs> and but, I yeah. also like. 
your finest jelly beans. <laughs> I was going to say, there's jelly beans somewhere in Oh, that. my God, there is one. Ah, oh, fuck. It's like four miles away. So you want to get Steak and Shake for it's dinner? It's on Frankfurt. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, so Steak and Shake, it's that they're, yeah, steak burgers and shakes. Milk steak and with uh, jelly beans. A lot of different yeah. sides. They take, the, they take the steak, they shake it up. Uh-huh. They put it in a bag with seasoning, they shake it up. Then you have to grill it at home, yes? Isn't that shake and bake? That's steak and shake and bake. Uh, steak and shake and steak bake. Steak and shake and bake. Anyway. Fancier hamburger helper? Yeah, when they do it with uh, thinly sliced cured pork, it's uh, steak and shake and bacon. Oh. <laughs> we can keep doing this. Yes, Or we, we can talk about the fucking movie. We can go back to the movie. <laughs> we can keep talking about steak and shake. So if it's tofu, it's uh, shake and shake and yeah. Fake yeah. and shake and right. bacon. <laughs> yeah, and if you, if you do it in Georgia, it's making, faking, shaking, bacon. Come on. All right, I'm sorry you don't want to mine this very fertile. Rhyming? Food rhyming. Food rhyming. Weird Al owns that, and you know it. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. He's got a whole goddamn album. Yeah. I know. It's great. He's a genius. Uh, He's a legitimate genius. That's no, not he is. Yeah, that's, not a, that's not a joke. Like, again, Bob is probably one of the best Bob songs ever. Bob is one of the best songs ever. It's not even his best song. His best song clearly is that Red Hot Chili Peppers parody that's about the Flintstones. Disagree. Um, yabba dabba yabba dabba dabba do now. I, yeah, I know. I yeah, I know. Got a baby elephant vacuum cleaner. I know that's your favorite. I think Everything You Know Is Wrong is up there as oh, one of the better ones. Oh, that's a good one. And that's an original. That's Isn't not even yeah. him like parodying. Yeah. yeah. I really like My Pancreas. I don't think I know that one. Yeah, it's done in the style of the Beach Boys, but it's like educational about what the oh, pancreas wait. does. Where were we in night shifts? <laughs> <laughs> They're walking through uh, Times, Times Square, Square and or Times Square adjacent. I'm pretty sure unpaid extras walking through frame because Yo, everyone yes, in the background is staring at them and looking directly at the camera. Yes. Like, I did not notice that at all. My attention was on the characters. Well, like, one dude did it really big. He like slowed down to look at the camera more and I was like, Dude, keep walking. You know, like, and then I... <laughs> get, get the fuck out of the scene. And then I couldn't stop seeing everybody else doing it. I was like, no, nope, that guy's doing it. And by the yeah. time you mentioned it, it seemed like it. nobody yeah. was, like, looking at the camera, so I didn't see it as no. often. No, anybody no. who wasn't looking at the camera was looking at the two of them, being yeah, like... Yeah, everybody else was, like, is, staring at Michael is that, Keaton. Is that the Fonz? Hey, is this is this guy nobody knows because he hasn't played Batman yet? Has to right. the Fonz? <laughs> is this guy on Coke actually starring in a movie, or is this, like, I, uh, is this Cops? Is this, yeah, <laughs> is this a documentary? Wait. Is Fonz a narc? They go out of their way to show uh, Ticket Booth for A Midsummer Night's Wet Dream. That was very prominently featured, which was fun. Billy yeah. justifies the idea that they do this this love broker thing by saying, like, the, that prostitution is a necessary thing, that, like, it's they're providing a service. Yeah, it's not, it's not exploiting women. Yeah. It's actually, you know... Woke. It's woke. Yeah. He's trying to make very third wave arguments here. But the way he talks yeah. about it is nuts. Like, imagine some businessman, and he, he wants to, you know, he's like, he's, he's lonely, he wants to, you know, meet a woman, he can't, and we're not around, so then, you know, he sees some little, some little Girl Scout walking around, and then he just pounces on her, and I was like, wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a crazy argument. Yeah, they were like, they... like, hey, if we don't have prostitution, people will just rape intermittently on the streets. You know what, though? That's a lot of, like, the same kind of like way sex is approached in this country for any fucking argument you're making sure i'm is, not saying if it's, we yeah. don't x then it's going to be lawlessness yeah I mean, that's the way you're going to make any point which is like, if, if you're going to yeah you're going to take the most extreme you know right thing. and except guns guns solve all the problems i thought this sure. I, I thought this is where this conversation was going <laughs> it ends up where just like yeah hookers need to have guns I'm no just... i just think everybody <laughs> I think everybody should uh, everybody should learn to wrestle. I like Alice is just like you, son of a bitch. <laughs> I just think everybody should head. learn how to wrestle. 
Yeah, so they, like, I mean, uh, it's like I mean, listen, if you're gonna prostitute, then she fucking just DDTs that guy in an alley. In listen, you could also like just teach him an armbar. Yeah, arm bars. I also think more people should be certified as refs because then if you see a prostitute fighting with a John in the alley, you can just fucking slide in there and like one, two, three. All right, you're it's done, over. dude. You yeah, gotta go. You she gotta has go. the belt. She won. Yeah. She, yeah. Give her your belt. Yeah. Give her your belt. She just has a collection. <laughs> then he's gotta walk out. Yeah. Right. I was gonna and say, then she just has just, a collection of just like leather belts from yeah, Marshalls yeah. Yeah. hanging you up know, in her fucking closet. You know which prostitutes not to fuck with when they are just wearing forty belts. They're they're <laughs> Yeah, they just look like Cenobites. Yeah. <laughs> they're like Cenobites, but they're wearing Ric Flair robes. Cut this out so we can make a dystopian. Uh... <laughs> dystopian sex comedy. It's all about belts. Yeah, it's about. And can we add it's in, all about the belts, baby. Can we add in my my theory that in ten years people will have adapted vaping for their cars, so the cars won't actually emit exhaust; they'll emit like blueberry stink. People will start making illegal vape cartridges that smell like stinks. They'll be like, this smells like mud. This smells like old socks. This smells like stale Chinese food. This smells like whatever. And people will be vaping that to be rebels. Although, although like, suburban punks will have, like, white-outed an anarchy symbol on a, their leather jacket. And they'll be vaping, you know, like, bog marsh stink. It's the punk thing to do. So where were we at? We, we were in Times Square. They go to get some food and his sandwich order is wrong again. They walk out one of the restaurants where uh, yeah, Chuck a, Chuck once again gets something, but they, they order it wrong, and then Billy... It's he's the just, wrong bread this time. The wrong bread. He should have had wheat. They gave him white. Billy starts saying... He's okay, man. You gave him the wrong bread. He's like, just fine. It's yep. fine. When they're walking out, there is a man selling whole turkeys, and he's just like, turkeys, turkeys, and it's, no, this is not like a something for drugs. He, he has a whole turkey in his hand that yeah. he's selling outside I of the store. did not yeah. see that he was holding a turkey. Yep, I thought it was He clearly is holding slang. what can only yeah. be a turkey unless it was an enormous turkey shaped lump of drugs the, the next scene's like they're, they're having their thanksgiving dinner both yeah Chuck and charlotte and uh the parents Her family it's his family too because it's his family in the car oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's right so yeah yep. they have both sets of parents there yep. but they're having thanksgiving dinner and uh just chuck to set up this one moment right here this well, call yeah. well chuck gets a call from belinda and belinda's been arrested yes and she needs chuck to come down and, and bail her out bail because her out. usually her pimp would do it but now but he's been dead since the beginning of the movie yeah. yes so. so her pimp was fdrj yeah, yeah so uh chuck tries to just whisper you know in his wife's ear like hey i have to go out i'll be right back fiance fiance, fiance whatever doesn't matter we were both quick to correct him on that one yes. yeah i keep saying what doesn't matter i keep um, calling the movie night night watch and then it just cuts to uh, all of them walking into the courtroom. The whole yeah. family. Oh man, Hunter which started uh, laughing. Uh, yeah, Allison's Allison's reaction to this <laughs> yeah. was just like a. Yeah, I see, I see him come in and all of the everybody else. And I'm just in-laws. like, oh god, no! <laughs> yeah, it was like the, such the, the, a the, visceral reaction. Right? Yeah, you would have thought that she was watching like court TV and this was like an actual thing happening. It was just like she knew this was going to end badly. Yeah, I don't oh, know. God, I mean, no. yes. Okay, so intellectually, knowing how like the sitcomy writing would be, of course he's bringing the entire fucking family. But in the moment, I was like, why would you bring them? Why? That's the worst. <laughs> idea so weird you know that's the worst idea right and you know it's to because be fair, he's a pushover and they all is, insisted yeah. and so of course they're with him to i didn't fair, i didn't look at it like that angle either it's just yeah. like they insist that they be there and he's yeah. just like oh i i guess you guys should go with yeah. me yeah. i didn't even think it from that angle yeah to be man, fair though, they don't really make things worse no but i was it's just pretty bad so what it is, quickly what it is, is that Belinda uh, had what she refers to as a business transaction with a John. He then did not want to pay with, uh, pay her, even though, as she says, he wanted services his money had back. been rendered. He wanted his money back. He was trying to exact a refund. Like a professional, she insists on money beforehand. Yeah. 
uh, as recompense for him snatching his money back. She bit him on the butt. Yes. Um, Which he, he, he proceeds to show court. us, yeah. Yeah, the judge, and then turns around to the family. Somebody's mom, Charlotte's yeah, mom, Yeah, I'm not Chuck's sure mom. who either, yeah. you know, parent Somebody is, so. is like, about to faint. <laughs> She's yeah. just, like, swooning. Oh! And then in the car... A buttock! Yeah, and then when yeah. they cut, they smash cut from that to the car, yeah. and in the car, she has, like, her head out the window so she can get some air because yeah. she has the vapors now because she saw and, a butt. When they, when they get back, Chuck decides, like, I, I have to yeah. do this this yeah. crazy plan. So he goes to visit Billy at Billy's apartment. Yeah. And Billy's door has what, a yeah, decal what, on it that says... It, say? <laughs> it says... Blaze, Blaze Land, Land USA. <laughs> with a big star big in the middle. Star. It's like a state seal for... And uh, the yeah. best part is it, look, it looks like it's something that's, like, colored on construction paper and cut out that he put on the front of his door. Like, it's it looks like something a child did once again. It's it shows fun. the immaturity yeah. of this character. Blaze Land USA. Keep out, Mom. Also, yeah. also, when he when when you see uh, Billy Blaze in his apartment, he's got a eye mask that has two B's on yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> for Billy Blaze. Yeah. yeah. Chuck is like, yeah, we're doing this now. And then the next scene is their like pitch meeting to all the Belinda has gathered all the girls. Yeah. And for some reason, either one of Chuck or Belinda is not heading this meeting. They're allowing no. Billy to do it. Yeah. And, and it's the <laughs> craziest fucking like speech. He goes, yeah. "What are we talking about here?" prostitution and he writes it on the chalkboard and he goes to really understand a word you have to break it down to its component parts which reminded me of that jack handy bit where he's like mankind to really understand mankind you must look at the words that make up mankind mank and eind <laughs> until we know what those words mean we will never understand mankind and i love that that's fucking brilliant um yeah. because we have to break it down to its component parts so he, he draws a slash between pros and the rest of the word he's like pros don't know what that means. Doesn't matter. And he crosses it out. It's great. Off to a good start. Forget about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tit. And he looks at the you know at the group of women and he says, "I think uh, we all know what that means." We all know what that means. And then he goes two. And he goes that's the tits. And he goes shun. He's like from the Latin meaning to turn it down. No, I don't want it right now. Uh, that shouldn't even be on here either. either. And he crosses <laughs> that out. Yeah. And he goes so. It doesn't even belong in this word anyway, really. So let's just get rid of that. Yeah. That's what he and, says. and then the the prostitutes just go like, "This fucking clown." Oh yeah. The, <laughs> they just turn and leave. Um, the the ones like this guy's no pimp. He's a wimp. And then they turn to leave. Belinda's like, "Hey, Chuck, you should probably do this since you have a brain for business, and just tell them the way you told me." And so he yells, "How would you like to make ten times the money?" And they all stop and turn around. Yeah, because it's a good deal. It's yes. a, I mean, that's a that's a the, the perfect pitch. Yeah, and he says, you know, pimps take 70, 80, 90 percent of your money. They're like, "Yep." And he goes, "We're managers. We only want ten percent." And they're like, ooh, that's a good deal. And then he starts talking I mean, about benefits. Uh, he's like, do you get dental? Yeah, do he's basically the Bernie Sanders of pimps. Yeah, because yeah, well, the, the one girl's like, you know, he's snowing us. This is too good of a deal. And he's like, no, I know what I'm talking about. I did this. Yeah, and like, this is why we learned broker. earlier that he was a financial broker. Because like, yeah. this is the money guy who can manage all of the, the profits that they have. And, and as the movie goes on, you see like he invests for them and things like that. Yeah, he says, yeah. I have a knack. I know how to turn money into more money. Right, he knows yeah. how to. So, yeah, He's not just, it's not just he's letting them keep larger cuts of the profits, but he's taking the money that they are making and having it work for them and making Right, he's money. managing. Yeah, yeah, they're investing in he things. He goes they back own into. a burger restaurant at one point. Yeah, he, yeah, they own the burger restaurant. He goes back into, because it shows, again, he went to the morgue to have a quiet job, to go somewhere quiet, just to go through the motions. You know, they do this, and obviously it's, it's going to be successful. Because at this point in the movie, 
it kind of goes bang, bang, bang. Like they start the business up, they get very successful. You get the montage yeah, scene of them say, spending the money. It's them. It, they have like contracts drawn up that say uh, B and C Corporation, which is Billy, Billy and Chuck. Yeah. And then after that, the pressure starts to kind of get to him. But they show like him getting stressed out. He's yeah. talking about like, the, the, his how his body's reacting to the stress. His He's hair like, is yeah, falling I used out. To lose my hair, you know, whatever. Um, but he goes to talk to Billy, and Billy is having a fucking full-on frat party in the morgue. It's like I don't know, fifty people, fifty frat guys. They're like doing a combine. So Michael Keaton is walking like bent back with a beer balanced on his forehead, like which a I, drunken unicorn. Yeah, and I was like. That's actually really impressive. And then just <laughs> as I had the thought, I wonder if that's like, if he's really doing that or if they like spirit gum that to his head, he stands up and the bottle just falls off and breaks. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah, yeah, Michael that. Keaton. And I was like, I bet that was improv. Hey, you want to see what I can do? I do this at parties all the time. People love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also... In the most Beetlejuice voice ever. It's uh, Delta Tau Chi is the, the frat thing. It's a... Uh, was it really? That's yeah. from Animal House, right? Yeah, it's a National Lampoon uh, reference. But yeah. I could see Billy Blaze doing a bunch of coke with Belushi from Animal House. They throw the rager well, in the fucking morgue. I, I, it's Apparently a, one of the frat boys is Kevin Costner. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's not a gem. Didn't recognize him or anything, but it was in the IMDb credits. Yeah. So Apparently play Where's Waldo right or that Keaton scene. in the conga line. The postman himself, guys. Uh-huh. I, I thought he... I, I always assumed like he was like the same age as like Keaton. I mean, he yeah, might he be, is. but just looking younger, because we already said Keaton's got an old face. Right, Keaton yeah. does have an old face. Chuck shuts the party down. He's like, you guys are doing this in front of all these dead bodies? He's like, oh, let's yeah. check out number 12. He's like, well, let me the... show you a dead guy in room yeah. number 12, and he pulls open drawer 12. You yeah. want to see rigor mortis? Yeah, yeah, it's Clint Howard yeah. and a lady, and he pops up, and he's like, so that's what it's like. And the whole party goes, yeah! <laughs> he goes, how could they do it in a morgue? How could they do it in the drawers? And Bill's like, he's over here writing a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> the thing is, too, like, when I was watching that party scene, um, one of the things that came to my mind, too, was uh, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, where they had the party at the end of that movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was very reminiscent of that type of feel, you know, like... Oh, yeah, where you're kind of in a weird locale for this. Right. And yeah. Everybody's really cutting loose. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You have the hookers there, you know. Talk about a movie, yeah. too, that has a bunch of people who have, like, before their careers got big, you know, Christopher Lloyd, Dane DeVito. Um, yep. Yeah, Dane DeVito also, man face. Um, after this, we see... Bill's what, what, crazy T-bird. Yeah, which I've been referring to in my head as the proto Batmobile. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz it's Batman in a crazy car that he had customized. It's so a, it's basically it's the a first hell of a Batmobile. Car. It's he's the got, beta test. He's got a Rolodex either in I front of his that. Like, What was that? What was the Rolodex that was just hanging from the ceiling? I guess so he could make business calls while yeah. he was But that? I don't well, think no. he has a car phone, no, so no, no, no. what it are might you just doing? Be, it might just be for... Clients? Yeah. Yeah. Because like, later on we see him yeah. at the club and he's like, yeah. oh, where's my phone book? Whatever. So like maybe if he'd had his car with him, he could have been like, oh, I got I got the girl's number right here. Yeah. Ah, it's for business. Yeah. yeah. But also, but wait, it, it was has... that in place of his rearview mirror or was it in front of his rearview mirror? I think it was there instead of a rearview mirror. That's he kind fucking, of great. So he has basically at this point kind of kidnapped Chuck, and they're driving down the freeway, and he's like, yeah, man, everything's like, the, the dash is solid gold. He's blasting a really bad live Stone song. Yeah. I did not write down what it was, but I recognized it. I saw it, it in the credits. Jack Flash? I think it was Jumbo Jack Flash. Okay. It was Jumbo Jack Flash. It was just a bad, 
Like, I mean, I'm not, like, I'm not saying I don't like the Stones, but it was a, not a great live version. He's, like, blasting it, and Winkler is like, can you turn it down? He's like, yeah, man, I can turn it down, I can turn it up, I can play it out of the back speakers, I can play it, I can add reverb to it. He's like, but yes, but can you turn it down? Just another subtle, like, cool joke there, where it's just yeah. like, I can turn yeah. it down, turn it up, put it in the back, put it in the front, just like... The speakers in the back, speakers in the front, yeah. It was, again, just another yeah. well-written joke thrown in there, where and, it gives yeah, you a good chuckle. He turns it down, he's like, I can't believe you spent your money on this, and he's like, well, you're not spending any of your money, Chuck, you know? Yeah, because during, during, during the montage, he's, like, just stashing it all in coffee cans and has, like, a line of them, which is yeah, kind he's of got a whole, fun visual it's, it's gag. It's one coffee can, then it's two, then it's six, then it's, like, eight, they, you know? they, cause, I think it, at one yeah. point it was, like, they're, nine or twelve. They're multiplying, they're, they're, like, triples. Yeah, there was, yep. like, there was, like, three high, three or four across. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, he's it's suddenly putting... now. And it's funny, I didn't even, I didn't even, like, take into account that montage of he's stuffing his money away, and but you're watching in the, in the same montage of Billy buying, buying the diamonds, the jewelry. Yep. buying pimps. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, he sees he's, he's got the nice suits. He sees the, he's got the car. You get through the that car montage. has side exhaust pipes. Yeah, like 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 and fucking spoiler exhaust pipes that go around the side of the car. It's got like a bunch of weird design. It's stuff got in the like back. the limousine fin in the back. Yeah, it's, yeah, I noticed yeah. that too. And it, yep. I think it was like orange. The, the yep. limousine yeah. fin. It's like yeah. this weird like yeah. neon it's very color. Strange. And then he it's goes got like the Thunderbird decal in front. the front on the hood. And he's like, it's a solid gold dash, and I can do this, I can do that, I can whatever. Yeah. He's like, we got tinted windows, I can pop the trunk, and he pops the trunk. And, like, in real life, this movie production just dumped, like, 200 Papers. pieces of paper. There was, yeah, there must have been some poor staffer in the trunk of that car. Throwing out. Throwing paper you out know, on the highway. Yeah. You know it was Clint Howard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ron Howard's just like, Clint, I got you in the movie. I need I you in another movie, yeah. and I got you laid on screen, so... Here's you need to strap yourself into the trunk. That you need to just shoot out the back of this. As soon as that trunk goes up, I need to just dump that just, on the freeway. Just throw it out there. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think this movie like had permits. They were like, yeah, yeah. No, they, well, they obviously did not send anybody to pick that up. No. That just blew into Manhattan. Yes, that, that was just <laughs> them littering on the highways in New York yeah. City. Prove me wrong. Ron Howard, write in. Uh, stay tuned to the end of the episode and send me an email. Yeah, because there's, I mean, on the DVD, I there are, love to start we'd even dialogue. accept it from Brian. There are there are no deleted scenes yeah. on the uh, and, and yeah, no deleted scenes, no director commentary. No, no, no I don't, I don't, cast. I don't think Ron Howard wants to comment on Night Shift. <laughs> Ron Howard, you must comment on Night Shift. You must be accountable for Night Shift. Own your baby. The world wants to know. You made it. You gave it to us, and we watched it. And I paid like four dollars to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I paid four dollars to own it forever. <laughs> And so you must talk to me about it. <laughs> <laughs> On next week's episode of Hate Watch Green yeah. Watch, Clint Howard. <laughs> I will read our correspondence in my best narrating uh, Arrested Development voice. He didn't. He does the thing. He's got ten windows. He flips, he flips off the, the cob. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, cop. And he does, like, I'm smoking weed, like, smoking weed hand. Like, yeah. And he's like, does, like, I'm doing coke, like, holds his nostril shut. And he's like, we got teenage girls in the back. They're going crazy, man. It's crazy in here. And the cops just, like, drive past. And he's like, see? He's like, they, you know, tinted windows, They we can see out, they can't see in. And, like, Winkler could not care less. He doesn't really want to be here. Yeah, he's it's not, not his uh, lifestyle. Well, no, yeah. Right, he's not he, the pimp. He's not yeah. a, he's not a, He wants to help Billy starts embracing the pimp style, the, the luxury oh, yeah. of pimp life. And yeah. like we you said. We didn't talk about this, but, like, he, like, pads his biceps. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. he's padding his biceps and his crotch. And there's a hilarious physical bit where, you know, pads his biceps, they have a conversation. He pads his crotch as much as he put in both biceps he puts yeah. in his crotch. Mm. And then as he's walking out, he's, like, doing this weird, like, walking dick first and, like, yeah. thrusting. Yeah. And it's, like, very funny and yeah, crazy. Yeah, he's like, it's for the girls. <laughs> Through the pelvic thrust. Yeah. yeah, just time warping all over this uh, <laughs> Time warps morgue. his way out of the morgue. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that's the Christmas party. I guess right around the Christmas party, right beforehand, he, you know, brings the girls to a burger. Might be the burger steak thing. Yeah, it might like, be. Yeah, and he's like, this is a franchise and you now own it. It's when he like, first, you, you, see, you, you see the whole yeah. entire yeah. him being a financial advisor and now helping these women kind of. The payoff is like, you're not just making, like you said, more money. You have now ownership in this business. Yeah, your yeah. money yeah. is working for you now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're investing, we're diversifying. You're, that's the best way to say it. You Your know, money yeah. is now working for you. Yeah. It's like that flip of just like instead yeah. of you working for the pimp or whatever yeah. it's just right. like now the money you make works for you and it's yeah it's very um butter's bottom bitch yeah yes. yeah absolutely <laughs> it actually really is yeah, yeah. So that's the christmas there's a cute nursery rhyme that hooker reads to uh Michael yeah Keaton. yeah they wrote him a poem that is terrible but sweet it's about funny yeah how he's like improved their lives and and she has an accent she's foreign so she's like the one i remember she's like you moved us all into nicer houses so we don't have to deal with the ratas and mouses. Yeah. And I was like, that's funny. Like, that's gen- Ratons. Ratons. Yeah. And mouses. It's funny. Yeah, it made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she says, like, now we can afford to go to Vidal Sassoon mm. and blah, blah, blah. And they all have nice hair. Yeah. So that seems to check out. Um, and they all have a pretty wild party. Uh, they buy, the prostitutes bought Billy a new tape recorder that's like a big boombox size one. Yeah. And he's like, oh, man. He's like, I was going to buy one, not this one, but this one's better because I didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, you know, Chuck, open yours. And he's like, I do love presents, and he kind of closes his eyes for a second, he opens them, and then he, like, takes the lid off, and Allison was like, it's a pimp hat. And then he pulls out a pimp hat, and yes. it's a good pimp hat. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good pimp hat for like Henry Winkler. It's like a fuzzy fedora kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. And it has, like, one big feather on it. Yeah. But it's, like, a good shape yeah, and everything it's, it's for his Yeah, but it's gray with head. a black band and stuff, so it's very, like... It's got a good Un- size feather yeah, too. Yeah, it's yeah. it's understated, but still very much a pimp it's, hat. Yes, it's subtle yeah. for a pimp. Yes, it's a good business pimp hat. Yeah, yes, like if you're a business yeah. pimp, you yeah. know, fades in and it's like after the party, and it's just yeah. Billy and Belinda and Chuck hanging out around the Christmas tree, and they're all drinking, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Billy talks about how his dad always said he wasn't going to amount to anything, and you know, Belinda says like, "Yeah, dads have a tendency to say that," and he's like, "Yeah, but he said it when I was four. And like it's a good scene. Like he's yeah, he, he's he's working up some tears. It's yeah, but he just like pretty, and like as d- direction like, directing wise, just yeah. sits there for yeah. a minute. There's no cutaway. There's no like it's yeah. Just yeah sits and, there. and one thing too is like when he's gathering his emotions or whatever. Like again, like you said, like the, the, there's no cuts of like what you know what Winger's doing. It just the camera stays on Keaton. Yeah, where you, you're watching. Because he's having a moment. Billy they, says something about like, "Well, I've been spending my money, but Chuck hasn't spent any of his and whatever." And Chuck goes, "Well, I spent a, I spent a little." And he's like, "You know, what'd you, what'd you spend it on?" And then it cuts to a cemetery. So they're driving to the cemetery, and it's like that'd be great if it's a plot hole though, where just like they just forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought your dad was alive. I thought we saw yeah. him in an earlier scene. And he just pushes Michael Keaton into the grave. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they drive to a cemetery, and Bill's going like, you know. Oh, like, good oh, idea. That's a great idea, yeah. Chuck. Yeah. And people are paying us to be dead. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, wait. Like, this I... one's full. You should have gotten yeah, empty. Yeah, one. Right. <laughs> which is a real good line. They're also still pissed drunk the night before, which is like, yeah. it, it seems like yeah. Billy was the one driving, which I thought was interesting. Cause <laughs> That's a good call. Billy's the one driving. Belinda yeah. still has booze. She's still pouring champagne right. as yeah. they're getting out of the car. Um, and it turns out that Chuck bought his dad a really nice, larger headstone. He goes, he used to have the smallest marker in the place, and now he's got this one. And, uh, you know, cuts to, like, Shelley Long, a reaction shot of Shelley Long, and she is clearly like, what a sweet thing to do. And, like, that's the only thing you've spent your money on. You didn't buy a crazy car. You didn't buy a bunch of jewels. You didn't buy a weird coat, whatever. I think yeah, cut... it's, it's back to her apartment and stuff like that. Because that's like... when she kind of gives a po- – this is where she gives the, the speech where it's just like, you're a good man. You're, yeah. you're decent. Yeah, she's like, you're a saint. 
Right, yeah. you're a saint. She says you're that. decent. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, Saint Chuck, I bought my dad a headstone. She's like, you didn't have to. <laughs> this is where you start, like, I mean, there's they, they've been teasing it the whole entire movie, but then you start seeing the cracks. I mean, you, you saw the cracks in Frank's in, uh, engagement with his, his fiance. Chuck. Now, you, Chuck, who, yeah. am I saying Frank? You said Frank. Yeah. I said Frank like twice, I think. Who's Frank? Always Sonny. Frank <laughs> Son of a bitch, that's what it is. It's always well, Sonny. <laughs> but right. but what happens is you start seeing now that like Chuck is falling obviously for Belinda and she the, the, clearly the, likes him. Right, she, it was very clear about that that she liked him, but he really didn't give off many tells of like he's but, too uptight to make a pass. Right, he's too right. Uptight, he's too uptight to because during the he's, breakfast he's scene, engaged. in the breakfast scene, he's yeah he's on the phone with his the, yeah he the, turns around and Shelley Long's gorgeous ass is in his face. Yeah, making all, eggs all backlit by the morning sun. Naked eggs. Naked eggs. Yeah, Shelley Long's naked, naked eggs. eggs. It's her fertility clinic. Fertility is gross, you guys. <laughs> Stop breeding, you idiots. There's enough people, you fools. Yeah, we have like... Why don't we take care of the we ones have like we have, billion. and then we can work on more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you start seeing the, the, the romance between them intensifies during this scene, which, well, which culminates... Intens- which... Intensifies is, I think, too mild of a word. Yeah, it, it, it blossoms because she's like... I'm going to fuck you. She's like, you're a really great guy and whatever, and uh, she's going to leave. She's gonna leave the apartment, kind of, because she's like, ah, whatever. And then she's like, no, I need to talk to you. And he's like, about what? And then she goes, about this. And then she kisses him. And then a very funny line. I thought line. it was her apartment because it's fucking freezing. Yeah. Oh, it is her yeah. apartment. But she kisses him and he goes, oh, you're a very good talker. And then they start awkwardly <laughs> undressing because they're wearing so much clothes because their apartment's fucking frigid. And yeah, it was a good. It's another good gag. And yeah. Ga- and uh, yeah, she's got gloves and they all have coats. It was another funny gag that was way earlier in the movie. But when um when Charlotte's working out and they, they she's going up and down on oh. this exercise bike and yeah. he tries to go to kiss her while they're going yeah. up and down and, and they end up like, like banging like teeth or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's surprisingly it physical for the crew that they have. Yeah, yeah. It's also not people that you would like necessarily think would do a lot of physical comedy. There are definitely elements of that in here, which is surprising. so. I mean, that pretty much solidifies their relationship right there, or what yeah. he thinks is their relationship. Yeah. So it should be so said. Then, yeah. Because yeah. It's yeah. A, but yeah. I, so but they, I have a problem with town. their relationship arc for me because, like, okay, so they yeah they bone down. He goes into work three hours late. Uh, Billy's like, "Where you been?" You know, and it's fun because they kind of they they swap because. You see the office door, it's the frosted glass, it's backlit again, you hear like, bah, da, 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 and you totally think it's Billy, and this time it's Chuck. And he comes in, and Billy's there with, like, folders under his arms, and he's trying to, like, sort everything right. out. The and role reversal. Yeah, so it's a fun little, it's brief, it's not like a whole thing, but, like, you know, he's like, where have you been? You're three hours late, and he's like, Belinda hasn't showed up yet, and, and you know, Chuck's like, I don't think she's going to be coming back to work at all, and then she immediately walks in. And what? this is my thing, is, like, He's like, oh, we fucked once, and so she's going to give up her job, her livelihood, to question mark? That's the thing, is like... Well, so he assumes that she understands that that means that they're in love now and he's going to take care of her. See, I don't think so, because I don't think he... I don't think he can admit that to himself. I... I'm pretty sure that that's how he thinks that... I don't think he that, That's how I, I think, read it. I think that's how he thinks that this works and that he'll deal with the rest of his life later because it was so sudden. You know, I, I think he feels like he, he lives his life a certain way and other people yeah. should understand that. And when they don't, he can't be a man about it, you know? He, he In his mind, it was just like, okay, 
we had sex, so now we're dating. Now we're in and love. We're, yeah, and we're like, in love, and we're going to be together. And, and I'll so, take care of her, yeah. and she's going to work. We're going to make yeah. money off of this. But and, even yeah. in that scene, like, she's like, well, what am I supposed to do for work? And he's like, I, uh... Well, he doesn't man up and say, I'm going to take, take care, care of you, you because right. that's not who he is yet. Yeah, that's the thing is, I don't, I don't think he can even admit to himself that that's what well, he really wants. Well, I think he just thinks, like, Because I think also he's afraid that if he says, I'll take care of you, she'll say no. I guess... I mean, I get. I didn't read it as that. Okay. It just It just seemed like it seemed like writerly problems of being like, well, he doesn't. He's still engaged. He, you know, like. Uh, yeah, like, he didn't deal with any of his shit yet. Right. But it, I think it, he has a very clear impression in his mind about how all this was going to go, and when it doesn't, I don't think he Chuck has a clear any... impression in his mind about how anything's going to go. I mean, that's he just why. Keeps that's his why head he's. Down. That's why he's hurt in the scene, though, is that he was like just assuming that she was going to get out of this. Well, clearly, Shelley and... Long and I are on the same page because yeah. she also was like, "I don't think." Oh yeah, no, of course shit. not, because it's insane. They didn't talk about anything. He I kind of see where you're both coming from. Where it's just like I thought the same thing at yeah. first, but you were saying, but I see what Hunter's saying. Which is like his character in the movie at that point isn't strong enough to say like I have this formulated idea of where I'm going to take care of you it's just that it's the pushover yeah, mentality I, I think the story like as as beats that makes sense like of course that's what's happening but from a character standpoint I don't think he thinks like oh yeah we're going to be together like I got the impression that he thought like oh we had, we had sex and it was meaningful so like you're not a prostitute now right you'll do something else for work Okay, yeah, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's not that he went directly to be together, but yeah, he definitely did assume that, like, yeah, that's because, because this was important, she wouldn't be a prostitute anymore. And, like, all, all, I, all I think is, that's missing is, like, because, you know, there's a post-coital bathtub scene where they're talking about Clute. Yeah, they're in <laughs> which the... Which I was like, nice Clute reference, bro. Yeah, they're uh, in a dry <laughs> bathtub with a bunch of, like, blankets and stuff. No, it was yeah. a blanket. It was, it was our fur coat. It was her fur coat. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, with, but there's, like, pillows and shit. Yeah, yeah, they, apparently they just fucked themselves into a tub. Yeah, we pan over the, yeah, the pristine like bed with they're... their shoes next to it, so I'm like, the f- did they what? Okay, Wait. so this is very, like, classically, like, TV-directed. Yeah. They start kissing, they yeah. fall down out of frame, the yeah. camera stays still, they're yeah. standing, and then they fall down out of frame, and then it fades to black, fades up on shoes next to the bed, so you assume we're gonna pan up to them in bed because that's like whatever. And Ron Howard was like, "Nah, swerved you." And <laughs> we're going straight to the bathroom, bathtub. And but but yeah, but it doesn't. But, look yeah, like, it's not even like a bath. It's just them no, being. No, they're not in, in a tub, bath. Yeah. It doesn't look like they had like raunchy shower sex or anything. No. Like they're just in a fur coat in the tub smoking cigarettes. And he doesn't smoke. He cigarettes. does not smoke. He has one. He's like, you know, it's funny. I don't smoke. <laughs> And he puts it out, yeah. yeah. But yeah, all I need in that scene is, because he, he, you know, he tells her, he's like, yeah, you ever see Clute uh, in that? She's she's having, you know, she's having sex with this guy, and she's moaning, like, it's the end of the world. And then in the middle of it, she looks at her watch, and, you know, he's asking, like, so, you know, you're a prostitute, too, and, like, so were you just faking it? Am I just, like, a John? Are you lying to me? And she, she tells him, like, I don't even wear a watch. Um, and it's good. But, like, then all I need is, like, anywhere in that scene for him to be like well I have to talk to Charlotte so you have an idea that like he has in like an intention to like yeah, yeah, yeah I'm gonna end that relationship but none that doesn't happen so it seems weird and presumptuous that he's like well you'll stop being a prostitute because we have definitely not talked about our relationship at all yeah I mean I'm not saying that it's not I'm just saying that I feel like that's what he was expecting yeah I mean I think you know, you know maybe he's just hoping everything will sort itself out and he doesn't have to make a decision but like yeah. that doesn't work 
Right. Chuck and Belinda kind of have an argument about why she's not quitting. And he's not quitting, and it's the whole, like, right. you're a prostitute, well, you're a pimp. Right. right. Yeah. So so I was saying, um, talking to Allison briefly, and I, I told her how, what it reminded me of was um, Chuck and Belinda, the, the way they are, the way he assumes that their relationship works, reminded me of Barry, the show Barry, where Bill Hader. It's well, a good show. It is, yeah. but it reminded me right away of, um, he sleeps with the, the actress, Act- and there's an, he already, he has this assumption, and I thought it was very similar to Henry, and, and also because Henry Winkler's in Barry, which is why this came up. It reminded me of Barry, though, which is a great show, so go check that out as well. It has Henry Winkler, and, um... He's yeah, he's also in that. He's yeah. great in it, too. He's the acting. He, yeah, and it's perfect. He's a great in that. But th- that relationship dynamic reminded me of this movie where there's an assumption, but now yeah, they get in this fight, and, and, and she, she's, she's just like, oh, you know... Yeah, you're and yeah, you're a whore. It's like you're a pimp. It's just like, well, no, she's like, I'm not a whore. Yeah, he straight up calls her a whore, and I was like, straight up calling her a whore. Up until this point in the movie, all the okay, so there's there's in in script writing, there's there's character dialogue, you know, there's things where characters are supposed to convey things, and then there's like inherent dialogue and like the way people talk about things, you know, the, the way the neutral characters, the characters you're supposed to you know root for or identify with, talk about things. Yeah, and all those characters in this are all very like sex positive prostitute positive they refer to them as prostitutes or the girls or whatever never you know whores or you know anything like that the only people that i think uh uh her parents call shelly long like uh, floozy or harlot Harlot. that's what it is yeah you know whatever and that's it so then in this argument when he's like well you're a whore i was like damn chuck he came out swinging. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like he yeah. he went he went for the gut punch. You know he he went he he's just like I'm gonna cut you deep. Yeah. But yeah, so you were saying like in Barry he like you know it's like oh we're together now so he buys her like a laptop and stuff because and you the know. guy's talking to the, the the actress and he's like yo you're talking to my girl she's like what the hell are you talking about and there was <laughs> he had this assumption of that they're together now because they slept together once and yeah. it's very similar to how Chuck they slept together once just like okay now we're a thing and she's gonna quit her job she doesn't have to sleep with other men because she has her man and I'm gonna be the yeah. the protector Fighter. yeah so, yeah I, I kind of thought about that maybe. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. I kind of thought, like, the way they're portraying Chuck, you know, again, like, the way that Belinda describes he's a saint, he's this and that. Yeah. He has a fiancé this whole entire time who he's keeping in the dark about running a prostitution ring and then falling in love with one of the people he's pimping. So it's like, there's definitely, like... I don't. Well, so I don't know. If, I don't, I don't know if it's town. supposed to be called like a character flaw or something, but just like it is. You, yeah. You're, you're present. You're presenting this person who's just like he's supposed to be a, a by the books type of guy, but just like when it comes to your personal life, just like you, you seem to be very well and fine with it, just being shady in that aspect. So which once is weird. things really started happening, taking off with the 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 love broker like scheme, right? I believe his fiance was out of town. Well, yeah, they mentioned that uh, like she was in Indiana or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She, For the holidays. Yeah. Uh, I guess like after thanks, after and... Thanksgiving, I guess she had gone back west or whatever yeah, for to the holidays family. I don't, yeah. I, I, i'm skipping ahead a bit here but you know there's no spoilers because you listen to the, the, this podcast but yeah. it, i don't know if you noticed but the, the day that they were arrested we'll obviously get to that but at some point you know these guys are caught uh the on the the date was december 26th the day after christmas oh was it? That. yeah uh-huh. their, their mug I shots did not notice that. their mug shots were taken december 26th yeah. good good, co- good catch yeah, good catch. yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. But so um, I mean, we, I guess we just explain how yeah, we so get they, to that they point. They have a fight. Yeah, the predictable out. fight. You know, yeah. and it's very predictable. Yeah. And and and, 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 and it's also leaves. funny too because then you see, you see Billy who 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 plays the guy who has the the rationale. Just like what's what's not saying anything that's gonna that hurt people or this and that. Like he catches yeah. on like oh you guys are a couple oh shit he sees the fight happening he's just like what, what's what's separate before we start saying yeah. things that are too hurtful and then obviously uh, yeah. Chuck so. says you're a fucking whore and you've already crossed the line. So Billy's just like you know. I have to drive her. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. need the keys. And then a funny scene that the, the keys hit him straight in the friggin' eye. Right in the eye. Like, the, I, yeah, just, I thought it was the forehead. I, like thought, it, I, thought, it, I thought it hit him in his eye. Oh, okay. Here's the thing it hit him right around his eyes. And yeah. Michael Keaton's eyes were just like wide open. <laughs> yeah. Like and was, I was just like, Jesus Christ. I think that's like, why that I did not feel good. Forehead, that, that, but, they, yeah. Either way, even with a forehead oh, yeah. eye, like, that doesn't, that, that's yeah. going to feel good when a, yeah. like a, a, a ring full of keys gets thrown at your face. Yeah, he's like, I need the keys, and hits him in the face. He's like, oh, I guess I, I got him. I got him. So, but then he drives her to the to like the the New York Hilton hotel. Yeah, the, the hotel. It's, it's a high end yeah. client. He has like a real moment. Once again, you, you yeah. see yeah. A, a more vulnerable side to Billy, where he's just like, yeah. he's not just this crazy coked out yeah. Michael Keaton. He's a the character, both of them, you know. Yeah, and and they have this conversation, which is like he's just like you know you, he thought he was in yeah, love with you. He probably thought you were in love, and, and she's she like, says, I did th- too. Right, and then he says. I'm gonna take you home. Yeah, he's like, you yeah. don't want to go up there. And yeah. She's like, no, and he's like, all right, I'm gonna drive you back. And she's like, well, you know, what's gonna happen with the with the client? With the client, and he's like, I'll just come back, get him real drunk. Take his so he passes off. out, and then he take his clothes off when he wakes up. He'll think you did it. Yeah, he'll think you were here. <laughs> but the thing is, that while all this is happening. This is when the people we meet from the beginning who the were chasing Richard, Richard Bell's are the pimp killers, yeah. right? Uh, Pig yeah. and their their character names are Pig yeah. and something else, but Cle- Cleon or Cle- something, yeah, yeah, something like that. Those two guys finally find Chuck, so they go to the morgue and stuff. Because right, they come so, in like, the office, like, they lock the door behind yeah, them, and they're, they're like, like, "Hey, so they're like somebody FDR. was muscling. Yeah, they were like somebody was muscling in on you know Frank's thing, and they're not even paying us. Yeah, FDR at least stuff. you know paid us, and he's like, yeah. he was our friend, and we still killed him. He's like, I want to be your friend yeah while that's happening bill's at a club and uh meets cops who were complaining about like their narcotics now but they want to go back to vice yeah, they, yeah. I, I think it was somewhere just like if, if we bust one, we have to bust them all in the club. It, just, it seemed yeah. like somewhere just like I don't feel like doing paperwork tonight. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and like, then somebody walks in, yeah. and then they and, have an easy yeah. thing, yeah. right? And, well, as soon uh, as Billy walks, yeah. I was just like, okay, well now he's we like, can. Hey, you guys don't seem to have any female companionship, or or you're unencumbered by unencumbered female by female companionship. companionship. And they're and like, yeah, how would you like to get cumbered? <laughs> and the two cops just like okay, there's paperwork. We don't have to fill out so much or whatever. It's just that like we can make more. Yeah, like bus. this is yeah. this will get us back on vice maybe. Yeah. So he accidentally brings these cops to the morgue. He notices the door is locked, and he's like, "Oh, gotta unlock it," you know. Unlocks they, it, goes in, can't find his Rolodex, you yeah. know, his little phone yeah. book. He goes, "Oh, my my partner must have it. Come with me." Goes down to the next you know door, which is into the like lab room lab, yeah. or whatever, and that's locked too. And he unlocks they're, that. They're inside. They have um, Chuck taped to uh, a table, yeah. and they're going to put a fire hose. It's probably in like, his like mouth. an embalming table or something. Yeah, yeah, it's an embalming table or whatever. But like, uh, it's one of those like little hoses and stuff that they have for fires. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, they have that shoved in his mouth. Yeah, and, um, and bells are saying like, we're gonna we're gonna fill it, fill it up with water, you know, and he's like. Like, he's got a scalpel or a switchblade in his yeah, neck, he's and, he's like, yeah. and he's like, and he's like, I was gonna make a couple holes for the water to come out, and I was just like, good god, yeah, I know, it's real grotesque, real grim all of a sudden, um, yeah, in this sex romp, <laughs> it, it took a definitely I mean, like sinister we, turn we right saw there. Them throw a guy out a window into a basketball. I know, but <laughs> yeah, but that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> 
They're bad dudes. At a very opportune moment, Bill comes in with the two guys that he does not know that they're cops and uh, interrupts this. Yeah, and the the bad guys pull their guns, and then the cops pull guns, and Bill dives out of the way, and then there's a shootout, and it's it's all right. Yeah. Like, well, the shootout, but I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's a, a typical little, it's Hollywood a little, trope where yeah, it's just like you it's, you see it's a guy sick. with like a, a six shooter fire twenty seven yeah. shots off. Yeah. Um, uh, but meanwhile, also, Chuck is taped this table, and the table rotates, so the table is just slowly spinning throughout the whole rest of the gunfight. <laughs> yes, yeah, while so bullets are yeah. flying around, around him. Yeah. Yeah. as he's calmly, yeah. like calmly, just taped to the table. Well, and then what? It's Belzer... not that calmly. He's just not screaming. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> I guess yeah. There's no option to be calm. He but, doesn't have the. But I mean, also like yeah, what's he gonna do? <laughs> He yeah. could scream. He's not well, screaming. Yeah, so okay. I would say that's calm for the, okay. for the yeah. situation. All right. Um, All right. Um, so what, Belzer gets shot in the leg? Well, no. Belzer tries no. to pull a... Uh, a sidearm. Yeah, no, a gun from, like, no, a no. holster sidearm, yeah. on his ankle. And it's <laughs> loaded and ready, so as he's pulling it out, it fires, and he shoots himself in the foot. Oh, he shot himself yeah. in the foot. I, just, yep. I was taking a note. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he shoots himself in the foot, and that's where he's just like, I'm done. I give up. I'm done. And then as far as just like, wait, you're giving up? And, just and then like, they yeah. fire at him once, and like a poster on the wall behind him like flies up. Yeah. Like it's like a pull down like thing. Yeah, kind of like a map, but it's an amateur. Yeah, I was say like the map. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that flies like, up, and he's like, okay, I'm good, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, at that point, the, the surrender happens. And... So everybody's arrested. Yeah, and um, right. So Billy, Billy, Billy congratulates Chuck on his. Uh, oh, you know, he's yeah. like, hey, you were really calm, yeah. and he's like, that's great. I'm a little dizzy. Could you take the tape off now? Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. And again, that's why I mentioned after it. Christmas. The day after yeah. Christmas. Day after so. Christmas, Bill's hamming it up. But you have to figure then, if it's a day after Christmas, am I supposed to assume that the that that gunfight happened on Christmas? No, the, it's day after. The yeah. Christmas party happened, and then they hooked up and stuff. The oh day after. shit! Yeah. Okay, okay. All right, and now, then now that's there's a the timeline. Okay, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at this point, they're in jail now, so they, they yeah, get they're both. in a jail cell, and they get menaced by a guy who, you know, because Chuck's being kind of maudlin, he's like, yeah. I don't know, my life is ruined, whatever, yeah. and he basically comes up, he's like, oh, you want to be dead? Yeah, well, he's, yeah, he's he's got his face pressed up against the bars, he's going, I want to be dead, and he's talking to Bill, and he's like, I want to be dead, and uh, this, yeah, creepy guy who's, like, staring at them in the background, keeps inching closer and stuff like that, and when he says that line, he goes, you want to be dead? You know, Chuck goes, N- no. And he goes, let me know if you change your mind. <laughs> and so that guy, because I was like, I know that fucking face. Uh, yeah. I was like, I know this guy from something, so I had to look him up. It's Charles Fleischer, who did the voice for Roger Rabbit. <laughs> and How I mean, do you know what he looks like? He's a character actor. Okay. But he also did the voice for Roger Rabbit. All right. Yeah. It's a weird thing, like, just like, I know the guy who played Roger Rabbit. I know what he looks like. Yeah, I was like, I know this dude from something. And yeah, it's, I was like, oh, yeah. Your capacity for knowing character actors is ridiculous. Character like, actors are the unsung heroes of the film industry. Well, okay, so there are plenty of like people that like I, I recognize but don't know their names or stuff, stuff yeah. like that. There's also definitely times where, like, I get people before you do because they have, like, a voice I can recognize yeah. or something. So, sure. you know, but... I mean, also, the dude has a very kind of a distinct look. Somebody he looks like a bizarro version of Teller from Penn and Teller. Okay, see, I was thinking, like, um, if uh, Carrot Top and Charles Manson had a kid. No, no. <laughs> he's a little ginger. No, I think that's uh, and... Sean White, the snowboarder. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I could see I could see that crazy buff and weird yeah Carrot Top looks insane now oh yeah he does he looks like he's gonna fight Batman sorry Carrot Top yo I'm not sorry (laughs) 
<laughs> I remember his old act. Right. I'm waiting. He, he apologizes first, then I'll apologize oh, for my comments. But apologize so, for all the prop comedy I had to watch on VH1 <laughs> late at night on the weekend. But so Charlotte shows up. You think she's going to bail her man out. And she basically flew all the way back from Indiana to spit in his face. Yep. She gives back a ring and stuff like that. And she's like, you know, how could you not tell me? And, but and like, yeah, she storms out. And then the, uh, the ladies, the prostitutes all come bail him out. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the women come back. They, they bail him out. And, um, there's the kind of the funny scene where just like, he's like, well, where, where's Belinda? It's like, oh, she don't want to come here. She's like, I told you make him feel good. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, uh, Billy comes out and you think it was like you know he came out like Richard Nixon with the the the, the, the peace sign and <laughs> all that yeah. stuff, his pink scarf, and then like all the women are behind there with Chuck and and he's still down like yeah like because right now like you have to think about Chuck like he, he, what he thought was a perceived relationship with Belinda has just fallen through and then his yeah. actual fiance just came yeah. gave back the ring and spit in his face and you're a fucking scumbag so yeah that guy's definitely feeling great. And plus, he was threatened with death by Roger Rabbit. Yeah. But it's weird, it goes from that, you know, they get out of prison, and it kind of um, cuts, because then you have them going to the lawyer. Yeah. No, it's not a lawyer. They're in uh, offices, uh, like like mayoral offices and stuff like that, because it's a guy telling them, like, well, it's an election year, so the mayor is going to give you your job back, yeah. basically because they don't want, like, a they'll, scandal. Yeah, they'll get to keep their... their yeah. Oh, right, job. and that's, yeah. when, that's when Billy's just like, all yeah, right, now so we have the government, we, we, could, we could bend them over, we, yeah. could, we could look for concessions. Uh, what, the, they have to sign something or whatever? Is that what they're doing? I, I guess so. And, and, yeah. and so uh, the, he's like, you know, can we have the room for a second? And yeah. then, um, then Billy and Chuck get into a tennis racket fight yeah because billy has a tennis racket yeah appointment. he's he's, he's yeah, dressed no, for tennis he's a, another tennis yeah. racket appointment he has a tennis um yeah tennis match like scheduled yeah. or instruction they yeah yeah tennis lessons he has lessons to play tennis vests. that day he, he's treating this as like a you know it's like all right let's get the sun over you know i got fucking shit to do today yeah he's and, like this is a bump in the road right and where chuck is just like he know he sees the seriousness and it's he gets a second chance. It's like, yeah. it, it's a redo. Just hit the reset button and you can go back to your normal life. So for Chuck, this Except is perfect. Fiance. Except for the fiance, exactly. But for Chuck, this is perfect because it's like, okay, this is what I wanted. It's my quiet job right. back at the morgue where I could just do my crosswords. And Billy's like, I can have my ficus. I can get the wrong sandwich. Right. And Billy's like, fuck off, dude. Like, we got the government bam on the back. They, like, we, we they can. They don't, but, you know. Right. They, they do. That's no, Billy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. From Which, Billy's POV, they're yeah. on top of the world because they right. didn't lose their jobs. Yeah. Right. And and then it just it, it goes down to the, they start fighting and they're sw- They smash sw- everything up in that office. Somehow, like, Billy starts off at the tennis club, the tennis racket. Yeah. Henry Winkler somehow snatches it from him and starts swinging it at him violently. Yeah. And, they and fuck up the, like, uh, decanter of liquor yeah. that's there. Which was know. a huge, huge yes, loss for. Well, it was an enormous cancer of liquor, but it was yeah. a huge loss for the, whatever aid it was. Because as soon as he comes in his his office is wrecked but he picks up a piece of the glass he's like you know like he's, yeah, he's, he's like, like oh no you would have thought his mother's ashes were in there <laughs> yeah you yeah. think you'd put the good stuff in your desk i'm just saying maybe maybe yeah. he well, does. also i don't think you anticipate people having a fight with a tennis racket yeah. in your office and you physically could not fit that decanter in the desk the good stuff you keep in the bottle in your desk we didn't say it was the good stuff all right it's a decanter yeah it's probably it's probably heaven hill yeah it gives a shit yeah. what it is. <laughs> it's heaven hill and who cares decanter. or knows like, like Nobody, no, at no point does he go like, "Man, that's the best liquor in the world," yeah. and they don't make it anymore. Yeah, that was my grandfather's whiskey. Yeah, no, old but, granddad. But his decanter got smashed. <laughs> old by granddad's whiskey. <laughs> old granddad, yeah. 
so Chuck is at a turning point because he goes back to his apartment and stuff, and uh, there's a fucking dick who's delivering his sandwich. Who is what's his name? Doesn't he see what, what, what's Belinda there? Though? Oh yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, the, she's, yeah that, okay, she's on her way out. Yeah, she's got a new job. Yeah, she's like, I'm, you know, whatever, I'm moving on from this. Um, and so he's super depressed. Yeah, but he said the same work, though. It's, it's the same line of work, but at a private club. So she's yeah. not in the streets anymore, but she's a... Yeah. Yeah, it's a private club. He's still a wimp. Um, yeah. So she just leaves, and he doesn't stop her. And she kind of waits for him to, you know, stop her, but he doesn't. Yeah. So she, I guess, gets in the elevator and leaves, and... Uh, yeah. And then... Does a doll come back after that? Yeah, yeah after, he goes back to his apartment. Uh, and Vincent Chiavelli, I think his name is, is yeah. the, he's the dude from Ghost teaches Patrick Swayze how to ghost well. Yeah, how, um, he how teaches to ghost Pac- good. He teaches yeah. Patrick Swayze how to, how to slap a, a subway sign. Yeah, exactly. How to move quarters and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And get all sexy with uh, Demi Moore. But that's not what uh, he's doing here. <laughs> no, here he's delivering a sandwich like an asshole. Yeah. Because he's like, four 4K or yeah. whatever, and he's like, yeah, that's me. Is that my lunch? He's like, it's a sandwich. I don't care what you do with it. And I was like, great. Uh, Chuck opens it, and he's like, oh, there's mustard on this sandwich. And he's like, so... He's like, I don't want mustard. And so Chevelli comes back, takes the piece, looks at the top slice of bread with the mustard on it, wipes it on the door, then puts it back on. He goes, there you go. And, and for some reason, I don't know why, but this is the last straw. Exactly. And Chuck is just like, no, I want a new sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, the, the whole entire this like is him, line in the sand. Like him, him becoming a man is over. Not him losing his woman or anything. It's over mustard on an egg salad. It's not, you know what? It's not getting pushed it's, around by any of these yeah. other people throughout his whole. It's because life. of all that, and yet it's not any of that. Yeah. Yeah. This is his Gandalf. You shall not pass yes. moment. Yeah. And it's about a tune. This asshole is not getting on that. Uh, elevator until he gets me a new goddamn sandwich yeah and the guy's situation. like ah go you know go fuck yourself whatever he says and um he puts his arm before the the the, the, the uh, yeah, elevator well, chuck, chuck runs at the elevator yep puts his hand in there and he's like and vince chavelli is like three heads taller than yeah. henry winkler and he's like uh you're gonna get me a new sandwich and then you hear the dog and the dog turns the corner down the yeah. uh down the hallway and starts running at him he turns like you are gonna go home the dog's like Okay, <laughs> like fucking yeah. fucks off. Yeah, it's uh. Yeah, the dog that's been plaguing him this entire fucking movie. Yeah, that was a running gag. Four times. Yeah. And, and it, like, I mean, it's, I get it and everything, but like at the same time, I was like, Henry Winkler should have fucking really like butched up a little bit for that because he he just still sounds like Henry Winkler. He always Henry Winkler always sounds reasonable. I guess, but like that's the thing is except like, when he's the fonts, except when he's the right. Fonds. But I think that was a point. I think that was a point of the character. Like yeah. he he. Like, he he isn't a tough guy, yeah. but him being tough is like, you just said, like, he just sounds reasonable. Just like, and you're going to get me a sandwich with mayonnaise. Yeah. And it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah maybe. And, you it's, know, it's like, it's still oh, respectful. It's like, all right, you fucking nerd. I'll get your well, like yelling at the dog. He's just like, and you're going to go home. The dog's like, oh. But I was just like, I don't know. There was yeah. nothing like, there, there was See, nothing like a reason that's, there wasn't like a, and you. You don't there wasn't like any, yeah. like any intensity in the way he said it. You do yeah. not have to scream at dogs. It's all physical posturing. Again, so this is, that was, you're talking about real I know. life. I know. It's I the know. same thing with the same thing with the plant and having the and the light bulb in there. But I'm yeah. saying all that's like reasonable is that like now he's standing up. He's standing up for it's himself. Metaphorical, he's you know? using yeah. a like firm a... tone of voice. So yeah, the dogs gonna respond to that Listen. because he's no longer like running away and cowering. Sure. 
So yeah, that's probably all. I that think was they could have added some tonality yeah. into his voice, and then and or made he could have physically like stood up, straightened his tie, and been like, "I'm a man now. I walk like a Popeye." Like he could have done a thing like yeah, physically that, yeah, to, yeah, to demonstrate that he he should have like looked or sounded different after this revelatory moment in his life. But he didn't. He just said different things. All right. He just went instead of being like, "Okay, I'll just eat the sandwich I don't want." He's like, "I want a new sandwich." Now. It was the same, everything was exactly the same. Posture was the same, intonation was the same, and I was just like, eh, it would have been more effective if it, something of that was It wasn't a good sell. Right. I, like, I get what you're doing, obviously, but, like, it could have been, you know. Fair. Yeah. So this is, like, the big, like, he now realizes this is the moment where he, you know, he bucks up, he balls up or whatever, nuts up, and he realizes he, he missed his opportunity yeah. with Belinda, and he has to go make that better. So she obviously told him where she works now, and yeah. he's going to go. Billy's and... also working there, right? So that's the Do thing. Do we get the name of the club, by the way? I, I don't. I didn't it. catch it. I didn't um, notice it. But like so in... in the lobby is a weird full size statue of a fool, like playing a just yeah. yeah. Well, also I think in the credits, people are listed as Paradise. Oh yeah, like Paradise Whatever. Doorman and yeah. stuff. So it's called Paradise. So yeah. something like that, but yeah. Phantom of the Paradise shared universe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> this, no, it's not. No, but it's like a private, like it's it's a yeah. it's a private sex club. Pretty yeah. much. It's, it's real weird because yeah, yeah it's, inside it's weirdly so, like jungle themed. Well, that's the thing is yeah. in the vestibule. Yeah, there's like the full size statue of like a fool or a jester playing a lute, and there's like a you know bouncer like guy taking you know like letting people in at the front like maitre d sort of podium yeah. mm-hmm. and he's a big dude like well quaffed and like in a nice like suit jacket and then when they cut to in the actual club yeah it's like it's like you know almost like the grotto at the the playboy mansion like it's like jungly yeah, there's a and fake volcano there's in a the fake volcano it, everything is like astroturf there yeah. are fake like vine ropes yeah. so that Michael Keaton can swing on yeah, one to be the cowboy. Yeah, to be the cowboy for some. He's, old... a, he's in like a caveman getup. Yeah, he's in a, a Tarzan getup. He's at the Tarzan getup, and and, get up, and, yeah. and, they, and the guy he serves is like a very old, probably wealthy. Yeah, yeah. guy, old, 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 chubby white guy who's like, I'm not getting out of this out of this pool naked, not with all these parrots around. And I was like, what a fucking I guess crazy alluding, fear. Yeah, alluding the fact that the parrots would like go after his dick. They're like, look, is that a euphemism? Or do they have live parrots? They have parrots. All right. Like, yeah, you didn't see the parrots? Yeah. No. There's a couple shots of parrots, yeah. and then you hear them screeching the whole time. Oh. Yeah. And, in fact, Michael Keaton calls so, his boss a jag-off, and when his boss goes yeah. like, what? He's like, bird, birds. I think the bird said it's birds. So, okay. So I think I was writing stuff while we saw the parrots. Oh, yeah. And then I thought it was like like the soundtrack they play at like the uh, Amazon. Like the Rainforest ca- Cafe. Yeah. You hit a button. Yeah. It's like, here's but the. Um, yeah. Where it's like just it, like two yeah. the Amazon and the shit. Amazon yeah. toucan sounds like yeah like yeah. when it, when the storm rolls in yeah. at the alligator like enclosure <laughs> yeah they flash the lights it's like yeah so a I storm missed, across I the Serengeti the, the I missed the part where there were the live Serengeti. parrots yeah no there's live <laughs> parrots so Michael Keaton too he's the cowboy which is great because again like his entrance into this scene is he he comes off a Tarzan like swinging rope with a Tarzan get up and all that stuff it's just a great he entrance he also and almost it, it, busts his ass yeah it's such a, <laughs> as I would say it's such an awkward like it, it's not a seamless entrance it's just like it's no, a very yeah. comedic SNL type you know yeah, yeah. he's not they Batman yet they did the one yeah, yeah, yeah that's how I was like Batman would do this better it, it, but it, seriously it seemed like like take 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 number one. Like they were just like he didn't fall down, so we'll use it. 
It also goes to what you said earlier about like the, the amount of physical comedy that you, you see throughout the movie. Which yeah, is yeah. Like, this is a very physical. Whether it was him or not, I don't think they would. Yeah, it was him. Use a stunt double to swing. Thirteen feet. <laughs> Not even, man. <laughs> so, but then you see, but that, this is what what you realize is that now Chuck is in the same club because he's looking for Belinda. Yeah. And what you don't know, or what Chuck doesn't know, is that Billy is working here. And when they do finally meet each other, one of the funny things yeah. is, is Billy, who's obviously dressed as a uh, Tarzan, a, a Tarzan, a piece of shit. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I run this place. I just bought it this morning. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I just bought it this morning, and he's walking, and, and yeah. some dude also walks by dressed as Tarzan. He's like, straighten that strap. Guy's like, go fuck yourself. And he's like, you, you know what? You're fired. <laughs> Which is like right. a really funny cover. And then like they start walking out, like because because Chuck is just like going from area to area. So he goes through like room, the, room, the pool area, and then like over here, and then she's you know Belinda's not anywhere. There's a hot tub over here, and Belinda's not there. So he goes upstairs. Billy's saying like. Come on, man! Like I'm gonna get in trouble. He's like, I thought you were the boss. He's like, I, I am, but I have partners, which is like again, it's just funny, like riffing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he goes up there on the second floor, and they look down, and Belinda just gets there, and she walks in. She's got her fur coat on, and everything, and some, you know, some dude's like, Oh, hey, you! I want to talk to you. And she's like, You know what? I, I changed my mind. I'm not working tonight. And and he's like, No, oh, come on! And he won't let her leave. And he's like, No, come on, stay. I'll make it worth your while. And she's like, No, let go of me and whatever. Then Chuck, Chuck to the rescue. He yeah. like comes up, and he's like. Yeah, get out of my way. Like to the guy, and he's like, he's like, Belinda, I need to talk to you. And so he basically tells her, like, he's like, you, you were giving me time to tell you that I love you, you know, in the hallway, and yeah. I didn't say it then. He's like, and I, I should say it now. And meanwhile, the guy's going, hey, I, I love you too. Well, at first, he's like, I was here first. I saw her first. He's like, no, actually, I saw her first. He's like, well, I love you too. And and <laughs> Chuck's like, hold on a second, and then yeah. turns to this guy, and he's like, you know what, buddy? And the guy just punches him in the face. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the quick like. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like a head and a half taller than Henry yeah. Winkler. He goes down, or at least reels back. Yeah, he yeah. falls down. No, no, yeah. he falls down. Yeah, yeah. he falls flat on his ass. Yeah. yeah, he takes a fall. Yeah. Takes a bump. Yeah, you yeah. know. Not the guy Michael Keaton might have been taken, but yeah. right. Michael Keaton actually after this and takes then, a serious bump. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Yes, like, because then Michael Keaton sees this. Yeah, he and he swings from one of those vines. No, he doesn't, like no, he doesn't swing. No? He he hops over the rail. He, he just, just hops jumps over off. the railing. Oh, and I just thought, jumps off I as if he he's going to swing. No, he nah. doesn't swing. He he was. Gonna, it looks like he was going to jump onto the guy, but then yeah. he just misses. No, like, like, yeah. oh, yeah. like fucking Mick Foley going off the top of the cage. He yes, just, yeah. like, he just flies through the air, but he just lands onto this on the ground. It's it's almost a perfect bookend to the opening scene. Yeah, because. This is pretty much like the closing of the movie. The opening scene is FDRJ getting thrown for a basketball. Yeah, guy falling oh, from the heavens. Right. And the bookend is Michael Keaton falling from like a giant, you know, like a story yeah. high balcony and just like just does a belly flop yeah, on the face cement. On yeah. The cement. So they both like kind of run over to him. And they're like, "Oh no, are you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, I think I'm okay." <laughs> they sit him up, and then Henry Winkler's like, "Which is also funny too." It's just like th- this this very lovey dovey moment happens while he's cradling. Yeah, they're Billy cradling. Blaze. They're cradling. Yeah, they're cradling Michael Billy Keaton. Blaze while they're having this whole entire like, "I'm gonna tell you I love you." Yeah, he's like, moment. It's, it's, "It's time I told you." Uh, and she's like, "You love me." And he's like, yeah, "But you said it. I have to say it. It's time I told you I love you." And then they, like, kiss, and Michael Keaton's going, okay, my neck. You got yeah, my, my neck, neck, my neck. Which <laughs> <laughs> is, like, pretty good. And yeah. then the uh, owner of the club comes over, and he's like, you know, you, Michael Keaton, he's like, you're fucking fired, and, like, you, I don't even know the fuck, you, whatever, he insults her. He's like, I don't know who the fuck you are, get out of here, or whatever. He's like, you're this fucking up my Ch- club. This, and this is where Chuck decides to get tough with the guy, you know, because now he's, he's this newfound man. Because, again, it's important yeah. to note that Billy, he, he, he has a, a moment of um, self-reflection. He's just like, all these ideas I had, I've never gone through with one of them. 
And Chuck's just like, you told me that you would make me a man the first time I met you. And he's like, I wouldn't have been able to do any of this. Yeah. And, and Billy's yeah. like, what do you mean? And then he goes up to the club owner yeah, to kind of like, show off like what Billy made him into. Yeah, and he kind of like puffs his chest a little bit and he grabs the guy by his lapels. The guy is also like a head oh, also, and, like, a head and a half taller. He, he, yeah. he's, he's wearing like a... It's like a mix between like a communion and like you know Cuban mafia white suit. You know, yeah, it's just yeah, like it's, oh yeah, yeah it's, it's a very like James Bond yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. villain. Yeah. I, yeah, I would yeah, say yeah. villainish. Cre- yeah, cream colored you know suit jacket. And, yeah, like, it's something that would be that, it, it's something yeah. like the the owner of, like a, a club in like you know Monaco it. or something. Yeah. Or I Miami. Saying, I, I was saying yeah. like, like a different yeah. movie. Like yeah, it's like the guy yeah. who owns a club in Scarface. That's what he's yeah. wearing. And so yeah, he grabs him by the lapels and he's like, "You're a very I know you're a very powerful man." You could snap my spine like a toothpick. And he's like, I just have one question for you. Is that a gun under your suit jacket? <laughs> and the guy's like, it is. And he goes, that's what I thought. And he, like, <laughs> smooths his lapels and turns like he's going to leave. And the guy's like, yeah, I won this argument. And he turns to walk away. And Chuck turns back around and shoves him in the pool. And he's like, let's get the fuck out of here before I get shot in the back of the head. And they just (laughs) run out of the club. They run out of the club. They run across fucking, like, you know. And then they're walking down Times Square conveniently again. And and literally, like, that's it. It's just, it's Billy, Chuck, Belinda walking down Times Square. And they're going to find their fortunes. And uh, and we'll just run credits now. uh, Not Chuck. uh, Billy's like, he's like, yeah, that was great. We're all together. Everything's great. I'm really cold. Because <laughs> yeah, he still has a Tarzan He's a red high-top converse and a Tarzan fucking, you know, loin And now because thing. because Chuck's a newfound man, he's just like, well, I don't feel cold. I'll give it to yeah. you, Billy. Yeah, yeah, he takes his jacket, jacket off and yeah. gives it to him, and he puts his hands in his pockets, and they walk across uh, Times Square, and that's, yeah. that's the end of the movie. Credits. Yeah, credits. Roll credits. That is Night Shift. That's Night Shift. It should have been Dawn, right? Oh, yeah. The, the name of the movie? No, no. no. Like, that oh. final they shot should, should have been done. They should have been like, walking through Times Square oh, I thought, and the I sun's thought you said coming like The sun should be I coming up, right? Yeah. The movie shouldn't be called Night Shift. It should be, should be called Dawn. Dawn. No, no, you're right. <laughs> it would be way better <laughs> yeah. if, like, oh, Night Shift's over. Yeah. It's Dawn now. Yeah. Oh, my. That's right? a way. That's a way to end the movie. Yeah. You, you had a tagline. You <laughs> have the ending. Yeah, yeah. And I've contributed nothing. We're well, two-thirds of the way through rewriting this movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> we wouldn't be doing any of this. I, I said it at the beginning. I'll say it here at the end. It's a movie you only have to see once. I think Hunter described it best as forgettable. <laughs> it, it is. It's, That's the rating it gets. It's forgettable. Yeah. It is. It's not like... So I, we should just dive into the hate watch, rate watch, you know, the rating uh, portion. Would you like to weigh how in? How do I rate this? Yeah, is it a hate watch or a great watch or is oh, it just a watch? Oh my or? god. It's, this is a straight up hate watch. I said what I want into this. Again, I, I'd like it even more the second time around. I did not. Um, <laughs> if you want to see Michael Keaton at full Michael Keaton being crazy, you get doses of that, but it's 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 not enough of it. I, I think there's yeah. too there's too little Michael Keaton, too much Henry Winkler. It's not his movie. It's not it's not it's a Henry Winkler movie. It's not a Michael Keaton yeah. movie. He's billed second in the movie. He's got the second credit. You know, and it's it's just I rate this a straight up hate watch. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to go hate watch with it, but I will say like it it's might, worth doing once. It might be worth watching once. Yeah, I, I definitely there, agree. It's worth the experience of watching. Yeah, there's really good dialogue in it, like genuinely good dialogue, funny dialogue, and there's good like comedy moments and stuff in it. But tonally, it's real weird, and these like sex comedies that are like ooh, kind of naughty and fun never really work for me but this is like fine it could be funnier or more dramatic or better balanced 
So yeah, I, I would say maybe maybe it's a one-time watch, but like in general, it's a hate watch for me. I mean, yeah, I was going to just call it a watch. Part of me feels like it's kind of, again, worth seeing once because of it being early work of a lot of people that are sure. very influential. And yeah, there's a lot of people. Yeah, this. and there's parts of it that are fun. It's just not exceptional in any way. No, yeah. really. It's a very beige movie. It's, again, it's just something to experience. It, it, one, if you're a fan of Michael Keaton, or if you're just weirdly a fan of Henry Winkler, I don't know why you'd be. <laughs> oh, you're one of the Winkler I'm sorry, like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, he's cool in Barry, he's cool as the Fonz. Like, you know, it's... And Arrest Development, which I know you have not seen. Exactly. So, my apologies to the Arrest Development fans. And um, Scream. Yeah. Holy shit, you picked two yeah. Henry Winkler movies. Oh my god, wow. I didn't even think you're, about that. You're a resident Winkler expert <laughs> I know, at this point. Yeah. I'm the, god. I'm oh, the jerk right. off picking Henry Winkler movies here. Yeah. Okay, so usually when there's a, a like an all-around... Usually it's the hate watch, all-around hate watch, but yours was just a watch, Allison. Yeah. But, so what's a... Suggest a movie that you would recommend instead of this. God. Something that like, oh, maybe does stuff that this does, but better. Can you come back to me? I need a minute. Sure. To marinate. Bill, anything? So the only thing I mentioned would be Barry because it has Henry Winkler. I don't, yeah. I don't have a, that much of a knowledge of movies to be. He able does to... a good, uh, he does a good bit in uh, in Barry of like both comedy and drama though too. Like yeah, he does. It, it, well, again, that, that, that that's the one. And movie... Bill Hader's amazing. Well, that's it. Also, it's one of the shows where it's just like it, it straddles that line of just like being a really good dark comedy where it has its. And again, also yeah. it also has Milton from Office Space, which is great. Stephen Root, yeah. I said to Allison, I thought this movie, again, sometimes it feels like just a couple SNL sketches patched together. Yeah, in yeah. In certain points. Seems a little disjointed. Yeah, I would I would go with like, something like Barry. Man, you could probably turn this into a decent HBO, like, prestige series like Barry, like half an hour. Oh, if, night, if, you, if you took the, the, uh, the, concept, the concept of Night, of night Shift, shift and yeah. you, you put in half-hour episodes for a season long... Yeah, that's uh, that's better than True Blood. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather watch. And like this. you could you could walk that. Although like, I did like True Blood, but I think this would be a better idea. For yeah, sure. you could walk that comedy drama line like Barry does, like better because yeah. you have more much, time and much right. better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. More time, you can develop a couple more characters. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, absolutely. You could give Belzer and uh, fuck yeah, you could yeah. just cast Belzer as exactly yeah, the same give character. Them, give them more give them depth, more depth, more, depth, know, more screen time. Yeah. yeah, they'd be like a constant threat throughout it. They yeah. pop up all yeah. the time. You could, you, you could explore. You wouldn't different, forget about them for ninety percent of the movie. You could explore right. different pimps that they're actually going after, get their money off of. So FDRJ dies. Yeah, there might be different pimps. You know, the stuff like that. And and yeah, and and Chuck and and Billy could recruit women. You know crew girls from the other guys stables right yeah but what's your thing though what's what's, what's your what's your what would you recommend risky business yeah um it's it's really good it's well directed you know well acted and and if we're going to talk about soundtracks tangerine dream soundtrack to risky business is way better than burt Bacharach's. that's what friends are for played 90 different ways on 90 different instruments <laughs> at one point after chuck like becomes a man and like really like yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna take charge of my life it's that's what friends are for again like the ninth reprise but this time with horns because it's triumphant i wasn't sure it was yeah. horns or just like a, like a super synth it might have been. It might have been super synth. Yeah, it's honestly. It's 80s. I'm thinking like a, it was like a synth. Yeah. But then, now, Alice, we're back to you. you. I just figured out what I'd recommend instead. Watch Glow, the series about female wrestlers, because it's oh, yeah. kind of 80s, and it's female empowerment kind of stuff, except that they're not hookers, they're lady wrestlers. Yes. Uh, and there's also some sex drama in there, because yeah. uh, Alice and Bree slept with the other lead's husband. So, yeah, that would be my pick. That's is, a good call. Uh, watch Glow. Nice. Instead. Yeah, that's a good call. Hate watch, great watch. It's not bad for dads. It's not bad for dads. It's not bad for dads. It's good. 
Thanks for listening. Yes, thank and you for listening. You can email us at uh, write, hey, watch, great, watch. That's W-R-I-T-E-H-W-G-W at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram uh, at H-W-G-W podcast on either of those. Please tell your friends. Yes. Engage with us on social media. Yes. Email us about all kinds of dumb shit. This episode <laughs> brought to you by Pyramid Schemes. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. All Bye. Right. See ya. like a big part of like for World War II to send oh, the soldiers it, chocolate because well, they didn't melt. should have been peanut M&M's just peanuts protein. What do you no think idea. you'd send peanut M&M's? I thought that was part of it was they were sending them M&M's. Uh, I, the only, the, I, don't, I thought it was uh, peanut chews. Then we wasn't thought they were part of it. If I'm not mistaken, Nazis. Hitler was killed with a Goldberg's peanut chew. I thought yeah, so sharpened too. Sharpened into a shank That's right. and frozen.